1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Critically Acclaimed. It is Critically Acclaimed predicts the Oscars. <sighs> scattered applause! Scattered applause! I will not be adding audio to that. No need. That I, was perfect.
0: I predict that the Oscar broadcast is gonna suck.
1: It's not looking good this year. Real fast, my name is William Bibiani. I am a critic. Everybody calls me Bibs. My name is Whitney
0: Seibold. I, too, am a critic, and... Uh, Boy, oh boy, they're just uh, whizzing this down their leg, ain't they? <laughs> okay, uh,
1: so the Academy Awards is an institution that's been going for nearly 100 years now. It's uh,
0: This is the 94th Oscar yeah. we're talking about this year.
1: It's uh, the last year of uh, uh, basically the silent era, as we know. It was the first year of the Oscars, uh, and uh, they've been with us ever since. It's an annual uh, celebration of uh, union busting. Uh, Because, basically, the Academy Awards were invented by the studio system in order to keep the talent happy so that they could continue to be exploited. Uh, They got them shiny statues instead
0: of a union. Instead
1: of, of, you know, protections or, you know, rights or whatever. Uh, So, uh, but it's still... It's still an institution, though. It is still something that has happened every single year for as long as pretty much all of us have been alive. Uh, And um, there's something to be said for tradition there's something to be said for the fact that it's just it's still going and even though they don't really mean a lot it's just a popularity contest Mm. it's sometimes the best movie of the year you might think has won the best picture usually it's not uh but um it's something we can all sort of rally around and watch together as film lovers and sort of boo when something we don't like wins or cheer when something we like wins and it's basically just a fun time. So when we predict the Oscars, we're not taking this super seriously. It
0: it used to be a fun time, and we're still beholding to sort of that philosophy.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Social media has turned it into a 24-hour day of blood sport. uh, (laughs) Well, that's true, yeah. uh, The actual kind of uh, conversations around some of these films gets incredibly heated very quickly for no reason.
1: Uh, Uh, Mostly no reason. Mostly no reason. A couple of these films are controversial with good cause, I feel. I I
0: think so, but the uh, you know, when it's it, all of the other award shows. Rather than being seen as a good win unto themselves, yeah, now seen as predictors for the Oscars. Yeah, congratulations!
1: Which... You won the National Dude. Board of Review. That's great. That, now, how does that affect your Oscar chances? That in and how, of itself is a is a great award to win. That means how, how something. About, yeah. How about you won the PGA Award? C- congratulations, Coda. I won the PGA Award for I, Best Picture. I'm very proud to be part of LAFCA, mm-hmm. uh, the Los Angeles Film Critics Association, uh, because when we do our awards. Nobody's thinking about that. Yeah. We, we, and we're typically like, I, it's fun to now that I'm part of it and I can see the conversations taking place behind the scenes of uh, when we vote. Um. Uh, when, like, to see the articles, like, well, Laughka's up to their old shit. They gave Barb and Starr an award. And <laughs> who, who, how is that going to help us? Ca- how is that going to help us predict the Oscars? We don't care because because we're not concerned about that. That's Oscars. not our we job. Not doing that, we are yeah. celebrating the movies that we like, and there's a whole lot of disagreement of that. The movies that we vote that end up winning are just the ones we can agree on. There's everyone's got there's the movies that they're really celebrating, and that's really what the Oscars are about too. No matter what everyone's favorite film is, the films that get nominated and the films that ultimately win are not necessarily the film everyone thinks is the best. It's the film that everyone can agree is great, or at the very least, good or worthy of the award. So predicting the Oscars is basically a, a, a challenge in trying to gauge what's popular right now. So it's a big yeah. popularity contest. So when we predict the Oscars, which we're about to do, and we're going to go through every single category, uh, between us we've seen almost all the nominees.
0: Almost. There's a Other... couple I haven't seen. I was actually uh, very fortunate this year. I was so caught up on my film viewing, like mm-hmm. end of the year film viewing, that I had seen all of the Best Picture nominees going in ah. when they were announced. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of that. There were a couple I had to catch up on in terms of like screenplay mm-hmm. or actors, and uh, I still haven't seen all of the documentary features. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen all of the international features. Uh, uh, you and I already did an episode devoted to all the shorts, so we're yeah. caught up on those. So we
1: will predict those here, and we'll give you a quick rundown of them. But if you want to hear about all the 15 Oscar-nominated shorts, uh, you can head on back uh, in the uh, in the podcast feed. It's only a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. It uh, should be pretty easy to find, and you can get a real in-depth uh, look at all of those. Um, but yeah, for me, uh, the only Best Picture nominee I hadn't seen when the uh, awards were announced was CODA. I had missed it. I did finally catch up with it, so I've seen all the nominees, and we'll talk about every single one. Uh, The only major awards, I I also haven't seen every single international feature film. Uh, I haven't seen most of the documentaries, and that is to my shame. Usually I try to watch all of them. This time I think I've only seen one or two. Uh, I haven't seen uh, Four Good Days, which is nominated for Best Original Song. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people haven't. Let's see. I haven't seen Raya and the Last Dragon, which was basically just I was going to, and then we had to record this episode, so yeah, that's just, just something I didn't get to. And the right. other, and the other big one I didn't get to was Parallel Mothers, uh, which is up for Best Actress and I think Best Musical Score. Yeah, it's up for Best Original Score as okay. well. So that's that's the other uh, big hole in my. Uh, so right. so when we talk about what film we think should win, if we haven't seen every single thing in a category. We will say so mm. But mostly we have And we're going to talk about Each category And what we think will win And what we think should win uh, This is a zero stakes game We're not we, In the past we have made bets with each other That um, involve things like Having to do a commentary track For the movie we thought was the worst of the year uh, I love doing that We do not have the time <laughs> Have you seen you know, our schedule? Like it's we're, it's we're pretty, right. pretty, pretty crap Like we're very busy
0: also, you know, after a while, it's just like, ah, oh, this one's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. We did a, a commentary track for I, Frankenstein in the oh, past. God, that, was, um, that was death. Yeah, it's just really difficult.
1: Yeah, that episode's gone in the in the ether, by the way, so don't look for yes, it. That's, uh,
0: this from in the yeah. B-Movies
1: podcast yeah. days.
0: So, yeah, we're, we're voting uh, with our guts. Uh, maybe we'll talk a, a little bit about sort mm. of what has won awards in the past, but to stress William's point, it... It really doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. This is not a serious gauge for what the best films of the year are. We've already given you what we thought the best films of the year were. Mm-hmm. And those some of those films were nominated for
1: Oscars. A lot of them weren't. Yeah. And, and uh, one film that uh, is nominated for an Oscar that wasn't on my list that would have been, had I seen it in time, mm. is The Worst Person in the World. So why don't we start with right. one of the categories that I was up for. Let's start with Best Original Screenplay. Best Original Screenplay, the nominees okay. are Belfast, mm-hmm. uh, a uh, biographical film written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, Don't Look Up, a sci-fi satire uh, from Adam McKay. Uh, King Richard, uh, the story of uh, Venus and Cerule Williams' father and how he mentored them. Uh, Licorice Pizza, uh, which is uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest uh, Mm, uh, film. Nostalgia piece, yeah. And uh, The Worst Person in the World, which is a sort of coming of age in your mid-twenties drama. Um, Whitney, tell me about these nominees. What do you think is... What do you think is the best of the, um, no, of, of, the, of, the of the
0: Of those five, The Worst Person in the World is the best movie mm-hmm. of those ones. I'm Doesn't actually, necessarily make it the best screenplay, though. Uh, no, but it, it's true in this case. Mm. Um, it, I, I can see why something like Don't Look Up is up for best screenplay. Yeah. It's, it's hotly contested. A lot of people really dislike the movie. Uh, I think it's fine, but I mm. understand that it uh, has sort of like an old-timey... Uh, like nineteen sixties radio satire vibe to it, and yeah. uh, you know it's it, it has a good sense of humor and panic simultaneously. So I think a lot of uh, Academy voters are responding mm-hmm. to that. Uh, is it one of the best screenplays of the year? No, no. Uh, it's, it's actually
1: for me, it's incredibly one note. It's the same joke over and over again the entire well, film. But
0: it's a fine joke. That's, you can that's make the, that argument, yeah. but I
1: still think it's not a very good screenplay uh, as a yeah. result. I K- think it's just King, kind of a sketch uh, that got out of hand.
0: Yeah, King Richard seems pretty straightforward i imagine it's well researched it, i uh, but, research
1: aside i think it's a very strongly constructed screenplay i think everything mm-hmm. about it basically works right. it's it's certainly well made um, film
0: i don't understand why licorice pizza is on there that film meanders all over the place is the like not tight you could re- re- reassemble the yeah. scenes in different order and the film would be the same that's the thing that's uh, weird
1: for me i feel like licorice pizza is if you like that movie and i personally don't mm-hmm. screenplay is still the worst part <laughs> it's about the performances. It's yeah, about the, 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 the production design. It's the about the atmosphere. Design, yeah. yeah, that's what, it's, that's what they're uh, really so grossing about. So
0: I, I think in terms of, you know, just trying to, to chinwag politics, I think Belfast is going to win. Okay. Uh, just because that has been getting a lot of awards attention. I think Kenneth Branagh is, it, the Academy likes to make good Mm-hmm. On sort of like promises to certain famous people
1: Yeah, we've nominated you a whole bunch of times Sorry about that And mm-hmm. now this year when the competition is a little slim We'll give it to you, Kate Winslet Yeah,
0: for, Not the, for the reader For the
1: reader, far from your best film <laughs> Easily your worst Oscar nominated performance mm-hmm. But it was just the year when the, when the competition was kind of kind of crap Yeah
0: uh, I would give it to the worst person in the world. Mm-hmm. I like the way that screenplay is constructed. It's actually constructed in 12 acts. Like, they yeah. actually cordoned it off. Uh, the growth of the character is really uh, an important part of it. Uh, just from a, a, from the page... The way the characters change, the way they relate, and the dialogue is all really brilliant. Mm. Uh, but I think this is Belfast's to lose. This yeah. is the... Good for you, Kenneth Branagh, for, yeah. for being around as long as you have. Kenneth
1: Branagh hasn't only been around for a long time. He is now, as of this year, the person who has been nominated for an Academy Award in the most categories.
0: That's right. He's a mm-hmm. uh, director, uh-huh. uh, actor, mm-hmm. uh, su- uh, supporting actor as well. I think. Yep, yeah, for, yeah, for uh, my, 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 my with with Marilyn. Uh, and
1: screenplay. Uh, original screenplay and adapted screenplay. Because right, he was Hamlet, on that for yeah. Hamlet. Uh, live action short. And also best picture for Belfast. Oh, right. So, like, he's he's been nominated many, many times. Everyone agrees he's incredibly talented. It just never really come together for him. And I think, I agree. I think if Belfast is going to win anything, this is the category. Yeah, yeah. I also agree that worst person in the world is the best screenplay of the bunch. I think it's a very insightful, funny, sad... Uh, uh, actually genuinely profound motion picture about finding yourself, uh, you know, a little late in the game. Mm -hmm. Belfast is also an incredibly good screenplay. It's a little Mm -hmm. saccharine for my taste, but it's also, uh, uh, made with a lot of sincerity. And I think that counts for something.
0: It's, it's really Frank. It's just an an upfront kind of screenplay about this is, I was a little kid and this is how I felt period.
1: Yeah. And, uh, it it which which for me, there's also, there's a little saccharine to that because we had to romanticize our childhood. Yeah. yeah. And and
0: there's some romance to that, but I think, you know, when you look back on your own childhood, you did view the the world a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a a scene in Belfast where it, it takes place during the troubles in Belfast. And, uh, there's a, a looting. Yeah. Like the, the violence is like getting closer and closer every day. And, uh, the main character is like eight years old. He's nine, something like that. Uh, Gets caught up in the middle of a riot and they're smashing storefronts and taking stuff and somebody drags him inside and says, this is your chance loot. And he is so flustered. He doesn't know what to do. So he grabs a box of uh, laundry detergent because he saw ads about it and he knows it's good. Yeah, and that's all he can, And there's something like kind of sweet about like he's in the middle of a riot. He's and so he's innocent. Looting. All he can think is all he to can think is detergent. my household needs detergent. And I
1: like when his mom takes him back in the middle of the riot. Yeah, like to they're return still the looting, and he puts that's it back. back. That's solid, great writing. That's great yeah. writing.
0: It's it is kind of sweet, but I think that's like that is solid writing.
1: No, no, I, I agree, and I actually think it's one of the better screenplays that's nominated. I wouldn't be shocked. If Don't Look Up wins, I think a lot of people would be kind of groaning about it, but a lot of people would love it. It's a very divisive film. And I actually think Worst Person in the World has a shot, but I also agree that I think in the end, probably Belfast. Yeah. So uh, next up, we have Best Adapted Screenplay, Mm -hmm. uh, and the nominees are CODA, uh, which is a film about a teenage girl uh, who can hear who's growing up in a deaf family. CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Drive My Car, uh, a Japanese film about a theater director who has to have a chauffeur and how they bond in an unlikely way. Uh, Dune, which is a bunch of sci-fi stuff. Uh, <laughs> you want me to get? You want me to no, encapsulate no. Dune in 20 seconds? No, we're not going to bother. Okay, 20 seconds, go. There's a Dune. Moving on. <laughs> it's got a worm in it. Uh, let's see. The Lost Daughter, Maggie Gyllenhaal's uh, uh, film about uh, uh, Olivia Coleman on vacation and... Doing some really terrible things Uh, And then the power of the dog Jane Campion's revisionist western Although they're all revisionist nowadays aren't they Um, Of that lot I must say there's some really good Screenplays in here Uh,
0: These are all pretty good Um, Dune is I think it's more of a technical feat Mm -hmm. Than it is a great work of art just I because think... it's it's such a, a convoluted mythology yeah. that has to be communicated uh, on film, that's, that's difficult to do. Even, I... even with another film acting,
2: yeah. film
1: and miniseries acting as your template, mm-hmm. it's still going to be difficult to, to sum that up. I think the people who are familiar with the material, the source material, Dune, are impressed by what Denis Villeneuve and John Spates, and I forget who the mm-hmm. other uh, screenwriter was, uh, have put together with that film because they took a very dense storyline. And they literalized it. And I think mm. to a fault, I think it loses almost all of its magic. That, but, which is why I say it's more technical and artistic. Agreed. But it makes the plot very, very clear. Mm. So I think a lot of people are just sort of just like, wow, they really translated that to the screen mm. in a way that the screen can handle. Yeah. But I also think they've robbed it of a lot of its magic. So I don't think that's going to be. Mm. Uh, I also think that some people are going to have to knock it down for not having an ending.
0: That's true. It does, uh, it's,
1: it, yes, it, there's going to be a second part, but they don't really find an organic place to close it out to make it feel like a satisfying it, it just first sort of chapter. Ceases, yeah. yeah, so I think that's going to count against it. Um, I think Drive My Car is excellent, but maybe a little too dense. Um, I think The Lost Daughter is actually my pick for the best screenplay of the bunch. Okay. I think The Lost Daughter is a really, really insightful character uh, piece. I think Olivia Colman and Jesse Buckley, both nominated, uh, are fantastic in it, but I think Maggie Gyllenhaal's screenplay keeps everything... It's a movie in which not a lot happens, in which it feels like everything happens, and I think mm-hmm. you, the kind of writing subtlety necessary to do that requires a lot of confidence. And seeing someone who's like kind of just getting their start as a screenwriter nail that is really impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I I I agree with you. Um, I feel the same way about the power of the dog. Mm-hmm. I think that is also a, a very masterful screenplay Agreed. in communicating a lot by not having any of those words on the page. Agreed. Uh, I know that a lot of that has to do with the direction as well and the casting and the acting. Yeah, but I feel like that wouldn't come through unless it was also written down. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the the favorite to win. You think that's it, you, is is that pow- your prediction to win? Power, the power of, the dog. of the Dog. What you're going to vote for? I would vote for Drive My Car. Okay. You say it's a little dense. I love that it's dense. I know. I, I, I love how dense it is because it's about a theater director and it's about the con- the converse, long, long conversations that these people have with each other about sex and relationships, about art and Chekhov and what it is to be part of a theater troupe, about loneliness and your sanctity and your safe spaces and how we think about each other based on our vocations all of that stuff is in there. There's a dinner scene. There's a bar scene where people are confessing different things all the time, and it all plays into this gigantic, if you'll excuse the word, Gesamtkunstwerk of
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> oh,
0: massive proportions.
1: Uh, you want to you want to you want to want to break that down for our audience?
0: Uh, total work of art. Ah, briefly got it. Uh, it's a good good four dollar word. You can. Crack out to alienate everybody at a party Nice um, uh, I, I, I yeah. would vote, I would 100% vote for Drive My Car
1: And I, and I would be very, very happy mm. if it won As I said, I would vote for The Lost Daughter I think the actual winner is going to be neck and neck Between Coda and The Power of the Dog And they're very mm. different films The Power yeah. of the Dog is uh, uh, very bitter and reserved And mm. Coda is very emotional and forthright It's, it's um, very warm and Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and I, I think Coda... Coda is a little sappy sometimes. I think it mostly earns it. Um, I think every time we're with the family, the the protagonists of the film, uh-huh. um, it's great. I think it's it just feels really, uh, really beautiful and intimate and real. And uh, the performances are all uniformly awesome. But for me, um, every time it focuses on the uh, protagonist Ruby and um, her her relationship with her music teacher, played by uh, Eugenio Derbez, mm. it rings really false. <laughs> a lot of it comes across as really phony in a oh, way that, gosh. like, speaking of someone who did a lot of choir when mm. I was in school, uh, a lot of just the teaching of it was just sort of like, um, did we sit in on any choir classes? Because this is <laughs> not working at all. So I I think that it might win it out because... Uh, it's just got those big emotional moments, mm. but I think Power of the Dog is the stronger screenplay of the two frontrunners, and I think I think Power of the Dog. This is going to be one of the awards it comes away with. So mm. I am I am predicting Power of the Dog, but I would not be shocked for Coda at all. All right, uh, mm. let's move on. Uh, let's talk about best visual effects. Mm. Uh, the nominees for best visual effects are Dune, uh, the Ryan Reynolds uh, sci-fi comedy Free Guy. The James Bond film No Time to Die, which doesn't really feel like a a special effects spectacular like the other films in some ways. It's more more car chases than it is CGI monsters and things.
0: But, you know, it doesn't have to be created from, you know thin air it, does agreed. Not, it doesn't all have to be animated agreed I know it just it just it stands out days, a little bit but, yeah it
1: just stands out a little bit is my point uh we've also got shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and spider-man no way home whitney what hmm. do you think should win and what do you think will win
0: um uh same for both actually i think eh. it's i think dune yeah um I, i'm not very fond of dune i think it's a very yeah. cold movie and it's not a very inviting movie and it's not bringing a lot of personality. Yeah. to a, a a story that can actually that actually warrants a lot of color and texture yeah uh, you know all of the planets are sort of uniformly gray but yeah. that's a production design problem I think
1: it's had really bad um, production design yeah
0: Uh, But in making those things seem real, especially the things like the ornithopters, like the the vehicles they are flying around, and the gigantic sandworms, and the dream sequences, they they actually did bother to create kind of a world uh, that looked convincing to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether or not I liked it is a different matter, but Mm -hmm. I think it is convincing, uh, and that is always going to be more interesting to me than CGI monsters flying around.
1: Agreed. Uh, I, I like a lot of the nominees here. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Uh, but the visual effects in Dune, and again, a movie I don't even particularly, I'm not particularly fond of, uh, are incredibly immersive Mm. and they really do feel as though they exist in the world that they inhabit. And the, uh, this, you were talking about the ornithopter in Dune. It's this, uh, wild, uh, aircraft that kind of operates like a dragonfly. Mm. Um, it really does feel like that is designed in such a way that it would work. Yeah, like it's yeah, really it, incredible, like how the tactile way it, the way it moves and, and the way it's been designed. Yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of impossible to ignore. So I think it should win, and I think it will win. Um, I think there's some who might think, "Oh, this is where they can award Spider-Man: No Way Home." I don't think the Oscars care. It's possible it could win. Mm. It's possible, don't get what, me wrong, but I also uh, think it's more likely because this is what the Oscars tend to do in visual effects. They don't care about what the biggest blockbuster was. They usually vote for the film that would, whether it's nominated or not, be most likely to win best picture. And in this case it's Dune. Nothing yeah, else would yeah, have. Yeah. So I think they just they like the movies to be taken seriously, as opposed to just, you know, oh, there's a whole bunch of chicken monsters. They look really great. Mm. Yeah, but X Machina, so we're gonna go with the one that's a bit more a bit more serious. <laughs> little, little classier, a little classy, a little more I reserved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're both in and, great. And
0: Given how a lot of people are sort of overanalyzing uh, Spider-Man now. Yeah. And there's been a lot of pointing out that... I mean, all all of these big special effects movies, like the superhero films, mm-hmm. are all shot on green screens. Star Mostly, Wars yeah. Movies, they're all shot on green screens. The actors come in. Sometimes they're not even wearing a costume. They yeah. just put on the wetsuit and they just animate it all over. And it's impressive that they're creating everything just yeah. from scratch. There's a really cool uh,
1: shot that was on Twitter the other mm-hmm. day of uh, one of the scenes of Spider-Man... like running and bouncing on top of all the cars on the freeway until he mm. found the car he was looking for. And it's Tom Holland in one of those like really weird get up suits that they're going to animate over. Oh. He's doing all the jumping and stuff. And it's mm-hmm. kind of cool when he actually hits the car he's supposed to find. They set up the car doors who would like crunch inward. So that part is practical. Mm. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of neat actually to see how they put that together. Mm. That's cool. The, the problem,
0: however, is that it, it is uh choreographed and shot so shoddily mm-hmm. that even if they did do some impressive things practically, you can't tell. Yeah, they've, uh, they've might as well be bad. Might as well be changed, bad yeah, CGI. Yeah, they changed the color timing and they framed it really badly, and uh, yeah, then they like cut it in with sort of like this fakey looking CGI shot. So mm. it doesn't feel organic and it doesn't look impressive anymore. However yeah. impressive it was to actually make. Agreed. Uh, So special effects can be great But you can also kind of Shoot yourself in the
1: foot The question is Are we using visual effects In the place of 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 smart filmmaking Mm -hmm. Or are we using visual effects Because we have the money And we can make it easier For ourselves To just do it all in post And I think that's what A lot of those I think that's what You could say something like Spider-Man Or Mm -hmm. to a lesser extent Shang-Chi and Free Guy did as well And so Yeah I think Dune Just stands out in that regard I I, I think uh, we can
0: all blame uh, The Phantom Menace for that. The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Or, or maybe even more so um, the the next one, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Attack of the Clones, I think it was like 80% on green screens. Mm-hmm. They weren't a lot of sets in that movie. Very, very
1: few, yeah. Uh, and
0: they, they were animating a whole lot, which was George Lucas' goal. He wanted everything to he be He wanted to revolutionize possible, the industry. Yeah, yeah. And, and he did. Yeah. You watch that movie today, it looks like garbage. Yeah. It looked like garbage at the time. They were trying to project it digitally, and the, the mm-hmm. technology wasn't there. The blacks were all gray and speckly. Yeah. Um, yeah, black, back in the early days of digital yeah.
1: filmmaking, uh, there were, when you're when you you're shooting on film, black is just unexposed film, so it's just pure darkness mm. is what's showing up on screen. Uh, but in digital, the early years in particular, they didn't know like black needed to be something; they needed to project something on the screen. Mm. So it usually ended up being gray with a lot of like colorful crush in there. Sometimes, if like you look really closely at shadows, you'd see there's actually like the film was trying like to static, fill it with color, yeah. and they don't know what else to do. And some filmmakers worked with that. Michael Mann made that kind of an intentional aesthetic and stuff mm-hmm. like Miami Vice. Most didn't, uh, and it just a yeah, lot of those but, early films don't look good.
0: Uh, but my my point being that type of filmmaking yeah. is now just redolent across all of. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, blockbuster filmmaking, yeah. all of that sort of artificiality. And because that first Star Wars movie was such a lazy film and they didn't bother uh, staging up interesting shots because they only had so big a sound stage to work with. Mm-hmm. We're still sort of stuck in that mindset yeah, where everybody's time. just on this little like 10 by 10 grid with a green screen around them. Yeah. I guess I can give credit to the actors who are pretending that you know, sure. there's monsters there when they're acting at a tennis ball.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on a uh, best sound. Uh, Last year, they combined the two sound categories. It used to be uh, best uh, sound and then best sound effects editing. Uh, One category referred to uh, specifically uh, the mixing of sound and how uh, you would make sure all the sounds are properly balanced on the soundtrack. So you got like a really dense and rich soundscape. And the other award was for the creation of sound that couldn't be captured live. This could be everything from an explosion to the shriek of dragons to uh, gunfire. All kinds of uh, incredible work being done. Um, the Academy made an arrangement with the two uh, uh, with the with the sound uh, branch.
0: Yeah, the guilds that yeah. take care of that.
1: Uh, they made an arrangement because they were trying to streamline the Oscars and people tended to get confused about those categories. Anyway, they made an arrangement with the sound branch uh, to combine those two categories in exchange. Four, the sound branch wanted to say you cannot take the sound uh, uh, award out, out of the ceremony mm-hmm. because they we know you want to so if we can we'll let you combine them as long as you don't do that and then they last year they left them in the ceremony and this year now that they've combined them they've taken them out of the ceremony like assholes <laughs> it's, it's, it's like total assholes it's such a shit move
0: this is, this such, a, a this move. is a, such a
1: disaster oh my god but the nominees for best sound are Belfast Dune no Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Of these nominees, uh, there's no way in hell Belfast is winning.
2: No, there's just no
1: way. It's a, it's a good sounding movie. It should it warrants a nomination, but this tends to go to movies with a bit more of a, a, a elaborate and flashy soundscape. Mm. Uh, and any other year, No Time to Die uh, uh, might have a better chance. Uh, and same thing with Power of the Dog. But for me, this is a two film race between West Side Story, which is uh, an incredibly rich, dense musical, mm. and Dune. Yeah. If I were voting, I would vote for West Side Story. Yeah. I think it sounds pretty much perfect. Mm. Uh, if I'm guessing who's going to win, I'm guessing Dune because Dune is a gigantic uh, space epic full of a lot of unique sound effects. It's incredible. If it wins, I'm not going to be mad. Right. The, again, I may not be a fan, but the technicals in that film are pretty impeccable for the most part. So that's my prediction. What about you?
0: Uh, 100% the same. I already wrote oh, it down. Really? Um, I would have voted for, voted for West Side Story. Uh, I like, because it's a musical, Uh, mixing music is part of this Mm -hmm. and I think uh, you know some people think oh that's that's a different discipline you do that on records do it in movies too and it's difficult (laughs) when you're making a musical and to get the right so you can hear all of the lyrics Uh, a big problem I had with um, uh, Bill Condon's version of Beauty and the Beast was that the vocals in the songs were mixed incredibly poorly awful like you can't even hear what a lot of the people are saying and I understand those are well known songs they were reused from an older musical. Mm-hmm. Uh so maybe people
1: are already singing along, but, but that's no excuse. I want to hear
0: what they sound like now. Yeah. Um, that's
1: going to be someone's first first experience with that movie. Yeah. Someone's going to be taking their kids to that movie before they see the animated version. They should get to hear the goddamn songs. Yeah. Uh that's not a problem with West Side Story.
0: Spielberg yeah. knew how to mix that crap. Uh, or or I, he hired the team who knew how to mix that. Agreed. I'm not going to give it all credit to him. He didn't no. do every discipline.
1: No.
0: Um, but yes, when it came to voting, I'd vote for Dune. Dune mm. is... Dune, I think, is going to sweep whatever no.
1: technical words when itself. You, when me. it came to voting, when it came to prediction, you're voting for Pre- Dune. Uh, yeah, prediction, excuse Sorry, me. I'm just for be clear. When
0: it came to voting, I'm voting for West Side Story. Awesome.
1: Um, do you want to... Okay, do you want to do all three of the short films next? Or do you sure. Wanna, okay, sure, so sure. we're going to move on. Uh, next up, the live-action short films And once again, we did a whole podcast of these, so if you want to hear about them in more detail, but I'll give you a quick gist of it. Uh, There's a film called Alakachu, Take and Run, uh, which is a film about uh, a woman who gets kidnapped and forced to marry somebody and Hmm. tries to escape. A film called The Dress, uh, which is about a a little person who goes on her first date rather late in her life and is trying to find uh, a nice dress to wear for it that makes her feel sexy. Uh, There is The Long Goodbye, uh, which, which one was a long goodbye? It
0: was the one with
1: Riz Ahmed. Ah, yes. Uh, this one's actually kind of interesting and conceptual. It is a story about a bunch of people who are, seem to be getting ready for, I think, a wedding. Uh, and then there is a far-right uprising that goes <laughs> in a really horrible direction. And then it sort of transforms into uh, uh, a spoken word poetry piece. Yeah. Um, Undeniably powerful, I feel. Um, it's very good. Yeah, it's very, very good. Just, it's, it's, it's maybe the, one of the most uh, uh, uniquely structured of these films. Uh, next up is On My Mind, which is a story about a man who walks into a bar in the middle of the day uh, and uh, creates problems because he's trying to uh, get a video of himself singing a song on the karaoke machine for mysterious reasons. Uh, and then lastly, Please Hold which is a sci-fi film about a a young man who is arrested in the near future by a police drone and thrown into prison where he is forced to work for pennies on the hour in order to earn enough money to make a phone call and potentially get himself Mm -hmm. out of horrible, horrible trouble. See, it it occurs to me that
0: Don't Look Up should have been a short because it would have been like this. Uh, Please Hold works perfectly as a short. We don't need a feature about this because it would be the same idea that this sort of corporate... Prison machine mm-hmm. is made to chew people up. There's a lot of Terry Gilliam, like Brazil, and yeah. this kind of thing. Just, a, just sort of a lot of uh, critical well, dystopian. What, what's brilliant material.
1: about What's brilliant about uh, Please Hold, and that's the film I would vote for, and it's also the film I think is going to win. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, Long Goodbye has a really good chance. I wouldn't necessarily vote against it if that's your your where your guts going. But I think the brilliance of Please Hold is that it's tightly constructed, and there's no fat on it. Uh, it's smartly conceptual it's funny and at the end of it when you realize oh what an interesting sci-fi story we just saw you realize that that is exactly what's happening now like literally Mm -hmm. exactly what's happening now they just changed some of the uh technology responsible for it the prison system is fucked the for-profit prison system is fucked and that's a great movie about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think *Long Goodbye* has a definite chance. Though. What about you? What do you think? Um, I, I,
0: yeah, my vote and my prediction is for. Please hold. I think mm-hmm. uh, because it functions as a whole film, it's the most satisfying. Yeah. Uh, it's also it it like it's bleak, but it's not like horrendously depressing like some of the other ones are
1: yeah that's not going to make um, you just want to like just curl up in a ball yeah like t- afterwards. T-
0: take and run is is pretty bleak uh the dress is very sweet until it's bleak ending which is unnecessary. Uh, the long goodbye is very confrontational. I think the long the long goodbye just because it is confrontational like mm-hmm. that, and it stars like a recognizable face that might sway some people. Not mm. always the case though. Mm. Uh, for me, it's for
1: me. I find live action film tends to go to the film that feels the most like a complete feature. That, yeah, that's what I. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Which here is, what, Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah please, I agree. please hold. Yeah.
0: Concludes. Uh, so yeah, I think that's
1: that's the winner here. All right. Uh, next up is animated short film. Uh, this is this is an odd bunch of films. This, this uh, is a
0: good bunch of films. I like these all. all I, you the liked movies, them more so. than I did.
1: I, I I was really mixed on a lot of these. But uh, there's Affairs of the Art, uh, which is about a middle aged woman looking over her life as she tries to reinvent herself as an artist. Uh, there is Bestia, which is a really bleak film. It's A horror um, movie. It's a horror movie about a, a woman and her dog uh, and how she is engaged in some really untoward things with the government. Uh, let's see, there is Box Ballet, which is a, a, animated film about a Russian, it's a Russian boxer who falls in love with a Russian ballerina. Uh, there is Robin Robin, the latest film from Ardman Animation, which is about a Robin who is raised by mice and thinks she's a mouse. Uh, and then there's the windshield wiper, uh, which is, um, more of a tone piece in a lot of ways. It's just sort of examining a variety of different romantic relationships, Hmm. All kind of happening happening simultaneously. It's not really connected by a narrative. It's just a theme. Uh, if there is a shoe-in at the Oscars this year... Hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Robin Robin (laughs) because uh, whether you like the other films or not, that's the one that is just the clear far and away, the most accomplished, the most, uh, uh, skilled storytelling. Mm. Um, it's even though it's art and animation and they have their own house style, it feels visually distinct. Like they're trying new things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a wonderful short, and it's a Christmas short. Like this should be a Christmas special that airs every year. Like it's really, really yeah. good. You, so you I would vote like for a, it, and I would. I think it's going to win. Yeah,
0: I I, uh, I think it is going to win.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd vote for Bestia. Okay, be- Bestia is just a, a really chilling, horrifying, scary, scary movie. Uh, yeah. You know it, it. And when you know, after you're done watching this horrendous story about uh, this this woman who is doing really terrible things uh, mm. with her dog to uh, political dissidents. Uh, you look up some of the details, you learn that's that's a real person yeah. who actually worked for the Pinochet regime. I, f- I
1: feel like that's one of the flaws in the film, though. I feel like that context would have been useful to have going in, and it would have given the I, film more
0: power. I think it's terrifying regardless. Ah.
1: I feel <laughs> like I feel like understanding how this connects to the world at large as opposed to just this abstract, hmm. terrifying entity... Um, it just keeps the film like a, a bit D- down for me, this, but uh, whatever. Yeah, we it, can just dis- we can disagree on this. It's right. fine. It's yeah, I, w- I, would, I would
0: vote for Bestia. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Uh, and then on documentary short subject, uh, the nominees are Audible, uh, which is about uh, a football team uh, comprised a, te- a high school football team uh, mm-hmm. with deaf students uh, who are competing against uh, a, a school of uh, students who can hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is Lead Me Home, which is an expose of the homelessness uh, epidemic, uh, specifically in California. Uh, There is The Queen of Basketball, uh, which is a biopic about uh, one of the best female basketball players who ever lived, but... She played at a time before the WNBA existed, and so her options were very minimal. Uh, Three songs for Benazir, uh, which is a story about a young man who is trying to join the military in Afghanistan and is stymied by bureaucracy. And then there's When We Were Bullies, uh, which is a story of a, a man who realizes that a bullying incident he was part of when he was a child has stayed with him his whole life, and he tries to reconnect with everyone from his elementary school to sort of suss out what this means and what this says about people yeah that yeah. this this way this pack mentality we have about bullying mm. uh whitney what do you think uh you would vote for what uh, do you think will win
0: I'm, for what I would vote for, I'm a little torn. Uh, yeah. There are two films on here about kids, and I like those both the best. Yeah. Uh, it's Audible and it's When We Were Bullies. Uh, yeah. One is just sort of a, a little bit of a slice of life documentary about just modern high school. Mm-hmm. and the. Struggles. It's really good. I it's, love it. It's Audible really good, and you, know, yeah. and you get to know the kids really, really well. You get to know their dramas in a way that doesn't feel contrived. It actually feels very, very natural. Uh, and... And in addition to sort of showing the slice of life, we get to know sort of the unique challenges of attending uh, a deaf school or hearing school. Mm -hmm. Uh, When We Were Bullies, I think, really is this fascinating look at the way bullying tends to function. How, you know, there's not like one bully in the class and if we take care of them, bullying is solved. Bullying is actually this very abstract thing that moves from person to person and can spark up in an entire class yeah uh who you know are just picking on this one kid one it's man. a mob mentality you know, it's, yeah. just, it's about mob mentality and how that sort of forms when they're kids and how there's not really a way to face it and I think all of that's really fascinating um when it comes to actually voting uh it's no doubt gonna be the queen of basketball
1: you think so you think, think it's a so. sure thing yeah,
0: okay I, I think uh, it's it's the friendliest of the movies. Uh, mm. it, it is just an interview with this fascinating person and yeah. sort of the trials she faced. Uh, you can tell right from the start. It's like, oh, and this basketball player. She, you know, broke all of these records. It's narrated by this old yeah. woman, and uh, she she did this, and then she moved over here, and then she, mm. I don't know how old she is these days. Oh, by the way, she's me. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a good it's, intro. Yeah, uh, so. It's, it's a good portrait of not just this person, but also uh, the way we have sort of perceived sports and also sexism over the years. Yeah. And how, uh, at the end of the day, she's really kind of at peace with the life she's led, despite all of the struggles she's had.
1: Yeah, I, I actually think this is a particularly good crop of documentary short mm-hmm. subjects this year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Audible won and i wouldn't be surprised to lead me home 1 because it's very topical uh but I, the queen of basketball was my favorite and i also think it's going to win and i think it's going to win kind of for the reason you talked about they tend to go for a documentary a short documentary that really tugs at the heartstrings mm. and queen of basketball is the one that does that i think the other ones do it more opaquely i think the queen of basketball i think queen of basketball is not afraid to just be sentimental about this woman's life and you know the difficulties that she faced and um it's quite lovely and i think it's very well crafted on top of that so i think i i would have voted for it and i i agree it's probably going to win but the shorts are really hard to predict usually so mm -hmm. you know take it with a grain of salt all right moving on uh, let's move on to best production design Mm -hmm. the nominees are dune uh guillermo del toro's nightmare alley uh the power of the dog joel cohen's the tragedy of macbeth And West Side Story And I think Mm -hmm. this is a really interesting crop here Because these are very different looking movies Uh, Both Dune and The Tragedy of Macbeth Are very starkly designed films Mm -hmm. Uh, I think to a fault in Dune But I think to uh, a rather Poignant point in The Tragedy of Macbeth Uh, Power of the Dog And uh, West Side Story Are very rich in detail And personality Every single Mm -hmm. facet seems to speak very clearly to the characters Both both period pieces And then there's Nightmare Alley Which it's a Cameron Del Toro joint it's full of stuff. Uh, it's it's possibly over-designed, well, which, which is also something that people can react to and respond that, to in That's like. actually a, a
0: big issue I have with Guillermo del Toro as a filmmaker. Yeah. He, he's so interested in stuffing his frames with so much interesting visual stuff that he kind of forgets to involve you fully emotionally. Yeah, I think that's why something like The Shape of Water works as well as it does. It's because he actually bothered to have an emotional story in there. I think he's uh, proving more and more that He's, I mean, it's always been true that he's been a stylist more than a storyteller. Yeah. And he's, he, but he's going down that Ridley really Scott route where he doesn't seem to... He's caring
1: less and less about the screenplay mm. and more and more about the production. And uh, I think he's trying to create an interesting world in which his characters live. And if the to, screenplay... is the default of not
0: focusing on the character, I agree with
1: that. And I think, that, I think the problem, one of the problems with the screenplay to Nightmare Alley, which I think is a good story. And I think the original film... You take the original film and you add the last scene... From the new version, which is more faithful to the original story, Mm -hmm. uh, onto the original, I think you've got the perfect Nightmare Alley. Uh, But because the story of Nightmare Alley really, uh, it's it's told in multiple acts, and each act takes place in very different environments, Mm -hmm. and I think that just gives him room to maybe make it more epic than it needs to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's an intimate story that took
1: like two hours and thirty
0: minutes to tell. So personally,
1: I think Nightmare. I think I agree that Nightmare Alley. I think is over designed. I think Dune is under designed. I think the problem Mm -hmm. is everything looks striking, but none of it looks like a place where any of the characters in the film would live.
0: Yeah, none of it
1: looks lived in. None of it looks like it's ever been touched by human hands. And this is uh, this is a flaw.
0: One of the reasons a lot of people were drawn to Star Wars, the first movie when it came out, was that it's a science fiction universe. But here's a spaceship that's, like, been through some stuff. It's got, yeah. like, the, there's chips in the paint, and there's dents in the vehicles, yeah. and everything looks kind of worn down. And that was a big part of the appeal. It's, like, yeah. a very lived-in world. Uh, the Tragedy of Macbeth weaponizes starkness.
1: Yeah, it's really good-looking movie. Yeah.
0: Like, the, the way, like, it, it just sort of looks at, like, these hallways and ceilings and, like... Put a single bench there mm. um, The way they designed the uh, In the out down spot scene Where Lady Macbeth yeah. is trying to watch It's like this weird squarey like fountain I love the uh, way they
1: do the Is this a dagger I see before me And it's actually like a sliver of light through a door Yeah, uh, That's yeah. such nicely it's, it's, it's probably stark To a point that some people might not vote for it mm. Because it looks like it's not populated enough But in that case it's actually in, Almost intentionally abstract yeah, And yeah, I think it's I, very effective for what it is. It's brilliant, and, it, it and I might ser- have voted for it.
0: It serves the drama, and that's what I would have voted for. You would have voted for that, yeah. Uh, the Tragedy of Macbeth. Even though I think this is a mistake,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I think the award is going to go to Dune. Okay. I, I, I think uh, this is, you know, like I said, I think all of, a lot of these uh, sort of, I guess production design is, is an artistic award, but no, th- sure it this is, this is uh, a lot of people are going to be impressed with the strangeness of mm. Dune, that it really is sort of original, uh, Nightmare Alley is really cluttered up But it's, uh, it, it's sort of this bouillabaisse Of a lot of carnival imagery we've seen yeah. From many, many films in the past I feel like he, he's kind of like Plundering the same chest that Tim Burton lives in I disagree a lot with that, of that Because I feel uh,
1: like the carnival, yes But I feel mm-hmm. like once he moves out of the carnival Then we're in some very different environments And mm-hmm. I think he is able to explore that uh, In a different way I, I actually think Nightmare Alley will win Oh, right. I think uh, it's it, it's particular blend of production design I think pops more than Dune does, uh, but if I were not if I were voting I would actually vote for the Power of the Dog, because right. I feel like the Power of the Dog on one hand it looks like a Western you know like we have a general sense of the Western aesthetic but when you're watching the film and you're really scanning the production design and every little detail of it nothing is in those scenes by chance every single piece of the production design is contributing to the story, sometimes really directly, sometimes very indirectly, and yet it all feels natural, it all feels used, it doesn't feel placed. Uh, And I think that's really hard to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So I would vote for of the Dog. I would totally be happy if Tragedy Macbeth won. That would be awesome. But I think Nightmare Alley is going to win it.
2: All
1: right. Uh, Let's move on to Best Costume Design. Uh, The nominees for Best Costume Design are here somewhere. Uh, (laughs) Where did I put them? Uh, they're, 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 they're,
0: uh, on, on the ballots we're looking at it's
1: in the left column it's in the left oh there it is okay uh, we, we have them printed out thank you uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: we're, we're lo- looking at charts here just, just yeah. to give a little away just, just, well, just so
1: in the end when we look at these together yeah. and we can sort of you know compare and contrast them clearly uh, the nominees for best costume design are Cruella uh, the uh, Disney film about a fashion designer, so that's apropos. Uh, Cyrano, uh, the uh, musical remake of Cyrano, which I think this is the only nomination for it, which is kind of a crime. It's a pretty good movie. Uh, Dune, once again. Nightmare Alley, once again. And West Side Story, mm-hmm. once again. What do you think?
0: Um, I'm, I'm beginning to suspect that West Side Story is going to be kind of locked out this You year. think so? I, I just, it, it's a really brilliant movie, but it is another version of a film that's already won best picture. Yeah. That, I think the the Academy might be a little embarrassed to do that.
1: I think since it came on streaming like about a, like three weeks ago, a lot mm-hmm. of people have sort of given it another glance and they're starting to realize just how impressive it is technically.
2: Yeah. So I think yeah. there's, it's
1: got a chance in a couple of these mm-hmm. awards, but this is a tough category. I, I it's there.
0: It, yeah. It's, it's a tough category.
1: I think, the, the, yeah, uh,
0: I always resented as a kid when uh, the costume design was essentially recreating period costumes. Yeah. It's like, well, you have those designs already. There's Mm. paintings and there's books and things we can refer to.
1: Memory serves Barry Lyndon won Best Costume Design, and they literally just used historical costumes. Yeah. They just got them out of a museum and they used them. Okay.
0: All well and good. And I understand how difficult it is to recreate a lot of that. A lot of costume designers go out of their way to find... uh, Costumes that hang a certain way or are worn differently or are made of different materials, but are also very evocative or incredibly accurate to something in a period. So I've I've come to appreciate what what is done with period costumes. I always appreciated when something new and interesting was created. Yeah. Uh, the costumes in Dune, for instance, mm-hmm. are, are evocative of what's actually written in the book. I've read the I've right. read Frank Herbert's book, um, Nightmare Alley. Same deal. Suit, it's suits. Really, suits. Fine. It's, yeah. it's
1: mostly suits. Like it's, they look fine. They look really, really good, I mean, but I, I, they don't I, stand I, out amongst I, this group.
0: Also. Oh no. I have to dress Bradley Cooper. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a tragedy. What a, what a horrible I How could I make him yeah. look good? What a trial. I have yeah. to make this handsome man look good. Yeah. Uh, I, I adore the costumes in West Side Story.
2: The, yeah. They're really the, great. The opening
0: scene where all of those like hot scrape dudes like are getting, <laughs> painting up a wall. Yeah. That was um, awesome. Th- that was really good. One of these movies, however, is about costumes, yeah. and it's Cruella. I don't like Cruella. I think it's a crap film.
1: Mostly, yeah, I agree, yeah.
0: But it is about fashion design. It mm. has some interesting things to do with fashion. Mm. It really uses color and material in an interesting way to tell mm. things about the character. Uh, like I said, it's not a good story that's being told, but the mm-hmm. costumes do inform the story. No,
1: I agree. I think it's I think it's going to win. I yeah. think it's going to win. Uh, it's not what it would vote for either, although it's certainly one of the better parts of the film mm. is the costume design. And you know they knew they had to bring it, and they did. And, you know, you can actually look to see where some of the more striking costumes were heavily influenced or maybe slightly ripped off of some real stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, yeah. I also, I would have voted for West Side Story. I think West Side yeah. Story is a really rich, a, a tapestry is made of fabric, so I guess I'm going to use that, a really rich tapestry of <laughs> costumes. Um, the The use of color, uh, in big sweeping crowd scenes in a way to sort of amplify the choreography, top-notch. Mm. Just really top-notch. Everything just feels instantly iconic in it. Yeah. Um And uh, yeah, so I would definitely have picked a West Side Story, but I agree that Cruella is going to win this. Mm. I think it's all but a sure thing. Uh, let's move on to Best Original Song. Uh The nominees are Be Alive from King Richard. That's a, a song by Beyonce. Uh... Dos Orguitas, uh, forgive me if I mispronounce that, from Encanto, uh, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from the James Bond film No Time to Die, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days, which is not going to win. Mm. Uh, this is an interesting category because very few of these are really like given a lot of radio time. Mm. Like they're not like breakaway pop hits. The only real breakaway pop hit we had this year from a movie was We Don't Talk About Bruno. Which they didn't even submit for this category Because they're idiots They're idiots
0: uh, I, I think it's going to go to Encanto You think so? Uh, it's the most boring song in
1: Encanto It's a nice, it's a lovely little song But is, you're right It's does. It's, it's the, not the one you're humming when you walk it's out It's the one that is, it's utterly sincere But there's nothing clever mm. or distinct about it And that's the best part of Encanto Is how clever and distinct it is mm. So I think I'm curious what you, so that's what you think will win yeah what would you vote for
0: nothing I don't like these songs you don't like any of these songs <laughs> no um uh, as as loath as I am to say it because I think the artist is is a, a horrible person but i- i liked down to joy it's van Morrison mm. uh van Morrison said some very foolish things in in yeah. the press recently uh, somebody wrote a good uh somebody wrote several uh billy crystal jokes. For this year's nominees, oh, because he used to host the Oscars, yeah, he had
1: a very particular shtick. He would yeah. always tell all of his jokes were kind of the same basic construction, yeah. and he would always do a musical number that tied in most mm, of the nominees. The,
0: my, my favorite of, of these jokes was a uh, lot of good films nominated this year. Don't look up, drive my car, which is how you greet your chauffeurs. Uh, <laughs> that's good. That's, yeah, that's kind of good. Actually. That's yeah, pretty that's good yeah. joke. Yeah, like uh, and, um, <laughs> and and the joke was uh, and, and Van Morrison's nominated, and I think he's got a shot, which is ironic. He's got a shot Because he's anti-vax
2: That's Oh! Yeah. I, yeah.
1: yeah, okay, yeah <laughs> the, Took me a minute okay. it's, it's, it's a bit of a thinker, that one I've but, had a yeah. long day We're gonna forget, um, uh,
0: So I guess I'd vote for Encanto Just because mm. it's this, the song I've could yeah. kind of, like, summon in my mind the best
1: Yeah um, uh, the, the
0: No Time to Die is, like, one of... <laughs> Like the the last couple of James Bond songs have been really boring. I I even, appreciate even Skyfall was dull.
1: Skyfall was at least had some bombast to it, yeah. so I appreciate Sam Smith's uh, uh, "Writings on the Wall." Mm. I appreciated that it was a different vibe, and it's basically like what song does James Bond have stuck in his head while he is in the back of a seedy bar oh. trying not to be noticed and thinking about how shitty his life is? Mm. That's that song. Yeah. No Time to Die. It's just that more more of a downer. Yeah. Not that they need to be up, but it's kind of all it is. It's but, just a downer. It's not a very interesting the, song. But here's for the me. thing:
0: I like when they're up.
1: Uh, I understand that, but I'm saying an, they can be can be good yeah. if they're not. I think um, this one a, isn't good.
0: Another way to die from uh, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. It, it, the only fault of that movie is its awful vocals. Yeah, Jack White and Lisa it's, Keys' voices just don't go together. No, they're, they they do they, not. They, they connect just, at they, all. They, they just clash. It sounds like they're karaoke. fighting. Yeah. Uh, so get just get a better vocalist. That's a fine song.
1: Yeah, it's a fun song. I like that song. Yeah. So for me, uh, I think Doc Guitas has a real good chance. I think a lot of people want uh, um, Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda to get an EGOT where he is so close. Uh, I but it. I think they keep nominating the wrong song. If they had nominated mm. Thank You, I'm sorry, You're Welcome, You're welcome sorry, from, from, from Moana, Moana yeah. he might have had a chance to beat La La Land. If he had, If they had nominated We Don't Talk About Bruno or even Surface Pressure, I think he might have had a chance mm. to win this time. And I still think he's got a shot, but for me, uh, I think it's Beyonce. I think the urge to give Beyonce an Oscar is so strong. It's a good song. Like it's a legitimately uh, good song. I, there's this hilarious news story that came out like today when we were, uh, we were recording this. Um, that was a uh, surprise Beyonce might play the Oscars. And I'm like, why is that a surprise? She's nominated. Like surely you'd want to. And indeed when I clicked on the article, it said surprise Beyonce might play the Oscars. And then like the first line in the article was, uh, one of the most obvious moves they could make is trying to get Beyoncé to play the Oscars. Then why did you put surprise in the headline? It's stupid. In any case, I assume they it's difficult to get her because she's super mm. busy, but I really do think that that's going to be the winner. I think and when you actually, especially if you get a chance to play that live, you'll just see just how much of a rousing uh, thrill that song you is. It's really good.
0: You say she's busy. I like to picture Beyoncé bored one day. <laughs> Can like, you imagine? Like, what do I do? It's just like she's drinking a smoothie for breakfast. like, what do I... Yeah. You know, I guess I'll... Watch some TV now. Nah. I'm to watch TV today. I'm
1: going to watch Love is Blind. Oh, sweetie, what you do today? Uh, I watched six episodes of Love is Blind and I wrote an opera. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> a,
1: she's so goddamn productive. I
0: like, like what, what's she doing? Oh, I found my old Nintendo Power magazines. I and <laughs> <laughs> and ate Cheez-Its. And could, then I went to a walk and got some Cactus Cooler. It's just hard
1: to imagine. <laughs> um, moving on, we got the Best Original Score. Oh. Uh, the nominees are Don't Look Up. Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, which I haven't seen. Uh, so I cannot speak to that one. Okay. Uh, and The Power of the Dog. Um For me, this one goes to Encanto. Yeah, for sure. I think this I think Encanto just has the most memorable music. I think the song score helps, but the music throughout is incredibly strong. It's very, very memorable. Um I think the scores for Don't Look Up and Dune and The Power of the Dog are quite good, but it really helps in this category. If Obviously, you want the score to tell the story. That's most important. But I think it really helps if when the movie's over, you can remember the score. Yeah. Like, the score is actually a standout piece of work in and of itself, and that tends to win. Mm-hmm. There may be an exception here or there, but tends to win. So I would vote for Encanto. I think it's a really lovely piece of music, although, again, I haven't seen Parallel Mothers, and maybe that's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think it's going to win. What about you? Um, I also
0: think it's going to win. I, uh, it's... It is the musical runaway of the yeah. year, and if they're not going to give us the best song, then they better give it the score. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I th- I think we're gonna we're gonna see. Any got because Manuel uh, yeah. Miranda also did the score. No, the, I don't right? think he did the score. Oh, he just did the songs. He just did the songs. Okay. So
1: yeah, he's still he's he's still neck and neck on that one. We'll see yeah. how it goes. I,
0: however, would have voted for Power of the Dog. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Just that kind of—it's Johnny Greenwood did the score for that one. Yeah. Johnny Johnny Greenwood needs one. Uh, Well, I think I think what might help him this year is that stark, contemplative music Mm -hmm. that he's known for is just really well handled here. I I
1: wouldn't be shocked if he won. I do think Encanto's got the 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 obvious edge here, Mm. but I think that's got the second best shot of winning, and I think it's partly because a Johnny Greenwood has been doing great work in film for quite a few years now and has never won an Oscar. He also did another film this year, Spencer, which. I would argue, has an even more of a standout score. And if That's Spencer true, yeah. had been nominated, that would be the film I would vote for. I guess so, yeah. So I think he's got that going for him. So maybe that'll add up. Maybe it'll, it'll all come together. Um, next up, we have Best Makeup and Hairstyling, which is an interesting group of films because we've got Coming to America.
0: Norbit was up for uh, uh, Best it was. Makeup as
1: well. Eddie Murphy works with good, with good makeup designers. Uh, we've got Cruella. We've got Dune. We've got The Eyes of Tammy Faye, the biopic about Tammy Faye Baker and her husband. Uh, what, was, what was his first name? Jim. Jim, Jim Baker. Baker. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and lastly, House of Gucci, which I did not see. Uh, so here's what we're looking at. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Eddie Murphy suits. Suits, 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 because he plays yeah. multiple characters. He does. Uh, for Cruello, we're looking at the hairdos.
1: Mostly the, the, the hairdos. Emma
0: Stone's giant hair.
1: A lot of it, yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: for, for Dune, we're looking at Baron Harkonnen. Mostly we're looking at Baron Harkonnen, yeah.
1: yeah, he's just really gross looking guy
0: yeah, just, yeah. They, they put him in like like a full body suit, and, yeah, you know, it just looks enormous and greasy mm-hmm. uh for Eyes of Tammy Faye, we're looking at Jessica Chastain's enlarged face.
1: <laughs> Which, <laughs> like admittedly, they, they to, is very impeccable.
0: Uh, they, they, they really tried to make Jessica Chastain, who looks nothing like Tammy Faye Baker, uh-huh. look a little bit like Tammy Faye Baker. In order, to, They like added a jaw to her face yeah. and they changed her nose. I think they
1: get away with it. Uh,
0: it looks organic. I'll say that. Mm. It doesn't look weird. Uh, and that's, Hard to do. that's the best you can say. And for House of Gucci, we're looking at Mario. I mean Jared Leto. <laughs> As Mario, I mean, as this Gucci guy. Yeah, uh, who was he? Tito Gucci, I don't uh, know. one of the lesser Guccis. Okay, but they they really made uh, Jared Leto look like a guy you'd see at a diner. Uh, uh, so you think
1: it's going to be uh, um, that's Gucci? Or what do you think?
0: I think it's going to be the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, yeah. I, not that that's necessarily the best makeup. I actually think Coming to America has the best makeup. Oh, they really okay. made uh, Eddie Murphy look like all of those characters. Uh, Like, makeup has improved since that first Coming to America 20 years ago. or
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, Yeah, also called Coming to America. Uh, And they're doing the same shtick, but now it looks more convincing. It looks a lot better now. Yeah. Um, Uh, To to the point where you might not be able to recognize that one actor is playing multiple parts. Arsenio Hall plays three or four parts as well. And and he gets, you know, this wonderful makeup. Uh, That it was so extensive and so impressive. That's what I would vote for.
2: Yeah. Uh, I appreciate think, that.
0: But I think like special effects this is the kind of thing where they're going to give it to like sort of the classy production.
1: Yeah, they don't like to give it an Oscar to Suicide Squad if they can give it to like the Iron Lady or something. Yeah, yeah. And so um so I actually agree. I think that um there's a great argument to be made for coming to America deserving this award. I think I would both give it to and vote for like I predict and vote for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. I think it's an underrated right. film overall. It's not hardly one of the year's best. It didn't make my list of the year's best, but it's certainly accomplished and well put together and I think we all we focus so much on Tammy Faye mm. and the transformation that Jessica Chastain is going for. I think we sometimes overlook the fact that uh, Andrew Garfield, who is a Puppy dog of a person Mm. Like perpetually He's in his late 30s He looks like he's 20 (laughs) But I think they do A really good job Of aging him up uh, Showing uh, him Like gaining some weight Over the course of the film And it's clearly makeup But it's all very organic Mm. Um, I really do think That they do a really great job Of integrating that Into the story And whether you agree That Jessica Chastain Looks like Tammy Faye Is It's always uh, You try But you know People don't look Exactly like other people Um but I think you're right. I think it looks real. I think mm-hmm. it looks like they got an actress who looks like that. Yeah, and right. I think that's the thing that really counts here. So for me, I would I think it's going to be Eyes of Tammy Faye, and I think it's actually well.
0: And can, consider gonna, gonna, yeah, consider win. the additional uh, makeup. You know, we we were talking about sort of the facial appliances. Yeah, Tammy Faye Baker was known for her makeup, also just that the does, makeup on top yeah, of it, like the uh, eye yeah. makeup so, and everything. So they, yeah. they not only changed the uh, Jessica Chastain's face, but they recreated yeah. this really elaborate makeup that Tammy Faye was known for.
1: Yeah, uh, let's move on to best international feature film. Mm-hmm. I've only seen. Uh, Three of these, unfortunately, so I'm going to actually abstain from saying what I think All right. should win, because I think, if unless I've at least seen four, I don't have a right, and right. even then I don't like to. Uh, but the nominees are Drive My Car, which we've already talked about, uh, Flea, which is an animated film uh, about uh, a refugee who's also coming into uh, uh, his uh, sexuality uh, as a young adolescent. Uh, the Hand of God, which is a new film from the guy who did... Um, Paulo Sorrentino. Paulo Sorrentino, thank you. Uh, we've got Lulana, a yak in the classroom. L- L- Lunana. Lunana. I thought I said that. Okay, Lunana, a, a yak in the classroom, uh, which is the title that most people went... Huh? Hmm. When I, I remember the awards no, were nominated. I remember when it
0: came out, and I yeah. wanted to see it, but I missed it. So this okay. is the one film I haven't seen. Uh, right. It didn't. It didn't catch me by surprise, though. I knew yeah. it was a film. And
1: then lastly, The Worst Person in the World. Um... Although I haven't seen The Hand of God and Lunana... Mm. They don't seem to have a lot of traction. They're really just there's not a lot of conversation going on about them. However, a lot of people are talking about Drive My Car. I was nominated mm. for Best Picture. A lot of people have been talking about The Worst Person in the World. It's one of the best reviewed movies of the year, and I think with really good cause. Uh, and a lot of people are talking about Flea because Flea is actually the first film ever to be nominated for Best Documentary Feature, for Best International Feature, and Best, best Animated, animated feature, feature in the same yeah. year, <laughs> which is basically three Best Picture nominations at once. That's a amazing hat trick. And if it wins any of them, good for that. And even if it loses all of them, good for them. Because it's a really excellent film. Um, again, I abstain from what I would vote for. Although uh, The Worst Person in the World is probably my favorite of the ones that I've seen. Mm. Uh, and I think it's going to be real tough call between Drive My Car and The Worst Person in the World. Yeah, They both got a lot of support. But I think in the end, Drive My Car, although it is an emotional experience, is a somewhat more reserved film. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst person in the world is a much more candidly emotional film in a lot of ways. It really just sweeps you up I, I don't and I think I, that's I hesitate
0: of... to use the word melodramatic, but when you compare it to drive my car, which yeah. is incredibly sedate
1: yeah, then, yeah no again i it's it's kind of a melodrama.' I'm just not really worried about well no actually I wouldn't call it melodrama, but it's definitely more um more broadly drawn as a drama yeah. They're fantasy sequences, it's more about relationships And and again,
0: compared to something like Drive My Car Which is very, uh, really subdued
1: And even some of the plot points in Drive My Car Involve things like Shocking death (laughs) So like, it's not like nothing happens in that movie Um, So yeah, I think that's going to be a tough call I think it's going to be one of those two Mm. Uh, If I, again, I I abstain from voting But if I'm going to predict The worst person in the world uh, Because I just think More people are passionate about it uh, From what I've heard all right. What about you?
0: Um, I haven't seen *Lunana*, but mm-hmm. I have seen the other form. I have seen *The Hand of God*. Okay. Uh, it's, Paolo Sorrentino is actually like telling a more personal story. It's semi-autobiographical. Uh, it's sort of about just him sort of hanging out with his family and the relationships he's having. It's a little less. Uh, I, I was a, a little a little less artistically contrived. I feel. Um, what was the the film that sort of broke him out? The Great Beauty.
1: The Great Beauty is the one we, everyone talks about. Yeah,
0: it's the one everybody talked about. Everybody loved it. It's like you know, I can just watch Fellini. I don't need to watch this guy imitate Fellini for two and yeah. a half hours. Yeah. Um, I felt uh, his film Youth was a little bit more candid, um, and this one. In a weird way, it's the least Fellini, which is an ironic thing to say because a Fellini <laughs> production is a big part of that plot. Like, yeah. like there's, it's based on real life, and they're actually, like, talking about the actors and the Fellini film that's being filmed nearby. Like, Federal Fellini is, like, just off camera. Uh, I, I like it. I think it's, you know, a, a good film for Paolo Sorrentino, but it didn't really set my heart on fire.
2: Mm.
0: I like Flea a lot. I think that's a, a very earnest film. It's, it's very good. It's, yeah, very, very direct in a way I appreciate uh, the worst person in the world is brilliant. Uh, it, it really captures a lot of, um, uh, like, every bad decision you made in your 20s are sort of condensed into <laughs> one movie. Yeah.
1: Uh, but but it understands that there's something kind of beautiful about that, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, making that, mistakes that, is beautiful. And that that's why it's, that's why it's called yeah. the
0: worst person in the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, what I think is going to win and what I would vote for is drive
1: my car. Fair enough. Uh,
0: just sort of the, the beauty and the complexity and the, the devotion to art is just. A massive, achievement.
1: and you can't pretend it doesn't have supporters. It's nominated yeah. for Best Picture, and Best Picture is nominated from yeah. every single branch. Yeah, maybe. so it's. I think it's going to be one of those two. I really yeah. do. I think it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, moving on, how many of the documentary features did you see? I've seen Flea,
0: and that's it. Oh shit! So okay, I, so, I, so we're both I can't really. Oh no, 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 I projected Summer of Soul. Wow, well, and that doesn't count. That doesn't so, count. So I've, I've heard so, Summer one of the real fast. So this
1: memories. is the, the we we both. We're both kind of a letdown in this one, and we apologize for that. So we're going to brush past this pretty quickly. The nominees are Ascension, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, and Writing with Fire. Mm. So I'm just going to make a quick prediction based off of the buzz that I have heard, but this is not coming from a place of personal experience or personal taste, yeah, and just, I'm obviously just, not saying just, what I would vote for.
0: Just predicting from what the buzz says. From
1: yeah. what I have heard, Summer of Soul... Is, seems like the runaway favorite. Mm. A lot of people love this movie to pieces. It's the documentary I've heard. People talk about more than any other until maybe towards the end of the year when Flea started taking up more of the conversation. Mm. Uh, and I'm worried about Flea splitting its vote at this point. Oh, okay. Like, if people might vote, oh, I'll vote for Fan Made a Feature, but not documentary, that kind of mm. thing. So it m- that might end up hurting Flea. So I'm going to predict, based purely on Buzz, Summer of Soul. What about you?
0: Uh, uh, same. Okay. Uh, Summer of Soul is very it, it's a very positive film. It's a music film. It's really up it's a concert movie. Yeah. Uh it's really upbeat. Uh Flea is the only other film that has any kind of buzz. Yeah, the other films, are Writing with Fire, uh, Attica and Ascension mm. haven't been hearing a lot about, but that's not necessarily to say that they no, won't win. A lot no, of these things are just sort of outside of our purview. It it's
1: gonna be really difficult to predict <sighs> The Best international feature and best documentary sometimes go to a really unexpected choice. Usually they don't, mm. but it has happened before and it will happen again because oftentimes the buzz uh, stems from people who aren't watching all of them, like we're saying right now. Mm. we're just I'm just repeating what I've heard here. I am not trying to contribute to the buzz in any way other than to say if this is a popularity contest, the film I've heard the most about in terms of popularity is Summer of Soul. Uh, so there you go. Um, next up, let's do Best Animated Feature. Animated Feature. All best right. Animated Feature. The nominees are Encanto, a musical about a magical Madrigal family. Uh, next up, Flea, which again is nominated in three separate categories. Uh, Luca, which is not named after my cat. But it is no, it a Pixar is. film.
0: It, it definitely is. They oh. saw your cat and said, let's make a movie. No, well,
1: that's nice. It's I don't know why. It's, no, it's about sea monsters. I don't know why it's about mermen who really, really, really want a Vespa. <laughs> I don't know how much Vespa paid them. <laughs> Vespa's the name of a brand. I don't know, but it's so weird. It's a sweet sure. film. Though. Uh, next up, we've got, uh, what do we got here? The Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, which is an incredibly funny motion picture, mm. and then the one I didn't see is Raya and the Last Dragon. I wanted to, we just had to record before I get around to it. Yeah, I, but you I, saw that one, right? Yeah,
0: I saw all five of these. Okay,
1: um, so what would you what would you vote for, and what do you think is right. going to
0: win? Uh, this is unusual in that like there's two uh, Disney pictures, mm-hmm. and there's a Pixar picture.
1: Yeah, so technically Disney's on here three times. So, yeah,
0: so the three three Disney films, and what I like about the Best Animated Feature is they're not a shoe in. Mm. The, the disney film isn't naturally gonna win this every year it's usually pixar though typically yeah yeah sometimes to a fault uh, i'm glad that they nominated luca and not mm. um the other pixar film from this year um, what, what? Was, was it soul or was that last no year? soul was
1: last year it was last year oh on, was, no onward was last year too mm. was luca the only pixar oh, No, onward was? was this year no, um, Onward was came out Red right started right, the pandemic. To be pandemic. The pandemic yeah. fucks with our sense of time. Yeah, I, I It apologize. really does. It really does. Uh, I think Luca was and, the only... And I, and I just saw Turning Red. Yeah. Um, that's... Um, I think it's why. That's this year. Yeah, so it's Luca. Okay, uh,
0: Luca. I like Luca a lot.
1: Luca's sweet. I like Flea a lot. I like Flea a lot too. Uh,
0: I like Encanto okay. I like the animation in Encanto. It's uh, really good it's character work. L- like the, the facial animation is mm-hmm. is like next level in Encanto. And... Uh, you pointed this out that the the dancing, like they actually bothered to choreograph dance steps for animated characters, yeah, in a way that people actually move, and that yeah, was and, really impressive. And, and not
1: yeah, not in like a generic sort of way, but just in terms of every single character has a particular dancing style. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they really went all out. It's really and, wonderful. Uh, uh,
0: Ryan, the last dragon, big fart. And uh, oh Jesus, you know,
1: I'm, not a fan. It's to heck with that movie. It's, okay. It is, it's, it's not, it di- like not going to win. It doesn't the have the any buzz behind least it.
0: Least interesting movies I've seen, uh, uh yeah. animated, like high end animated films I've seen. It's That's like, a bummer. Okay. It's like, Oh, Oh, you're just, just like ripping off every video game I've played. That's the plot. It's like collect the magic shards and unite the kingdom. All right. Uh, I think the Mitchells versus the Machines is the one I would vote for. Uh-huh. I think it's the one that'll win. I think, I think it's gonna win. I think it is gonna win. Okay. I, I think it just has way too much creativity and power behind it. Uh, it has many different styles. It's really upbeat, and uh, to really sort of poke at the Academy, it's about a filmmaker. Also oh, uh, nice. Yeah, Katie Mitchell, the main character, uh, yeah. wants to go to film school and. Uh, yeah. She's on her way to film school. She's being driven on a family road trip when the machines attack. Yeah, uh, there's my issue, and I've, I've brought this up a couple times before. My issue with the Mitchells versus the Machines is they keep uh, talking in dialogue over and over again about how weird this family is, when really they're unbearably
1: average. Yeah, yeah, you know, they have they have, they, have they passions know. and stuff, but like, oh, this their little brother likes dinosaurs. Lots of little kids like, little like, dinosaurs. like dinosaurs. That's, that's, that's weird. And it's presented so energetically though, that you yeah. understand
0: what she's talking about when yeah. she says that, uh, I, I would have preferred an actually weird family,
2: mm-hmm. but that's
0: a quibble. That's, that's, yeah. that's to say nothing of just sort of the glorious, energetic, weird, uh, really, v- uh, varied types of animation that show mm-hmm. up in this movie. Yeah.
2: It's fantastic. Uh, you know,
0: it, it, and it's, it tells a lot of jokes very quickly without being really exhausting. Yeah. Uh, one of my big complaints with Hotel Transylvania, for instance, it's a Gendy Tartakovsky movie, mm-hmm. is that there's like 30 gags per second in that movie. <laughs> yeah. You can't keep up with them It's all. really it's intense, like, yeah. It's like getting... But it's great for truck. kids,
1: though. They're going to watch it over and over again, and yeah, they're going like, to pick up on them more and more. It's, it's like
0: you know, crushing sweet tarts and yeah. you know, just snorting up your nose. It's just uh, yeah, a little too much. Everything, I feel like yeah. uh, something like The Mitchells vs. Machines is able to sort of pace its franticness a little Mm. bit better.
1: Every single thing in the Mitchells versus the Machines feels heightened for maximum effect. Not just heightened, Mm. because that gets exhausting after a while, but just in terms of there's no moment or scene in the movie that feels like they did the most obvious choice. They always picked the most interesting, best character-driven, most exciting, visually dynamic choice. And it really shows. And I think it's... Probably the best animated film of the year. Uh, it is certainly the one I would vote for. I am worried it is too hip for the room
2: <laughs> because <laughs> I, think so.
1: I think. Well, because what happens is, I've, and I've run into this. I really do feel as though too many people in the Academy consider this the kids' movie awards, mm-hmm. and they're going off of what their kids like. And Encanto came out later in the year. Everyone's been singing the songs. Mm. I think Encanto is going to win. I think it is most likely to win. All I right. think I would be happy if Encanto won. I actually like this movie a lot. I'd be happier if the Mitchells versus the machines won. I would be happy in the middle if flea won. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be happier than if Encanto won, but not as happy as if Mitchell machines won. Um, and Luke is fine, but I think it's the least interesting of the four nominees that I've seen. It's just kind I, of sweet. I, I,
0: no, I It's think, a sweet I think, film. I think it's quite wonderful. Th- like,
1: it's a lovely film. I just think, Ooh. I just think the other one's kind of overwhelming. I think, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Encanto is going to win. I think Mitchells versus the Machines should win. I hope it wins, but I'll be surprised. I really do think Encanto has just captured everyone's hearts right now. All right. Um, So moving on from there, uh, let's go to Best Editing. And the nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom... What an odd crop! Uh, these are not. <laughs> uh, most of these are not yeah, films that would have even nominated yeah, for I, best editing this year. The,
0: even though this doesn't really prove true, uh, the, yeah. the, the wisdom for a long time is that editing is like the best picture uh, predictor.
1: Yeah, they it, they often go hand in hand.
0: Uh, Crash but, but won they, best editing yeah, and they, best picture, and they, they, that's they, they almost divide it. a lot though. Um, yeah. Uh, as, I'm not a professional editor. I yeah. tend, and because I'm just sort of, I'm a critic, I see a lot of movies, but I've never <laughs> edited a film myself. Like I Not even of, like
1: a short or anything?
0: I, I guess I, I made a short in college, and I kind of did a lot of, you know, some yeah. editing that did. I did way. I edited a lot of
1: shorts in college, but never I've, edited a film.
0: I've done a lot of audio editing, but I haven't done a yeah. lot of video editing. Um, so, uh, when it comes to, like, the very exact discipline of what makes good editing... It has to really stand out for me to notice. Mm. The whole point of editing is that you don't notice. Yeah. Uh, And as such, the thing I would vote for is the thing that is like a little bit flashier. And that would be Tick Tick Boom. It's also a movie I happen to love. Yeah, Tick Tick Boom. Because is it takes place over several time frames. Mm-hmm. It has musical numbers in it. It has a lot uh, of really pointed
1: cross cutting. Yeah, yeah. There,
0: there's uh, different uh, scenes are, are paced a lot differently because some of them yeah. have musical numbers in them. The editing in the boardroom sequence alone is really impressive because it's just in a boardroom, but we're getting a lot of coverage and a lot of uh, a lot of it's being communicated to us. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what about King Richard's editing makes it exemplary, for it's,
1: example. It's a well made film. It's, that's kind uh, of it. it. just the editing just kinda hides in there, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. But again,
0: if it's hiding in there, it's doing something exemplary. Sure. Exemplary. There's no there's no yeah.
1: flaw in its exemplary. editing. It's a it's a perfectly well edited mm-hmm. film.
0: I think don't look up is too long a picture. And I think uh, that's a serious yeah. problem. No, I that you, a problem. I, I think I like think you
1: can be well edited mm-hmm. if you're too long.
0: And and Dune suffers from only being part of a movie. Also uh, doesn't so, help. Yeah. So I, the Power of the Dog is is going to win. I also okay. think uh, Power of the Dog is uh, going to win a lot more of the artistic awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd vote for Tick Tick Boom. But yeah, I think the Power of the Dog is the yeah.
1: to win I actually agree. I think Tick Tick Boom should win. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it. The philosophy I heard a lot is uh, the Academy tends to give the award for best editing to the film with the most editing. To which Tick, Tick, Boom would definitely qualify.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, It's a very energetically edited film. uh, But it's actually completely justified by the text and the characters and their world. Uh, So I really do think that... There's a chance, but I doubt it because it's kind of the film's only nomination other than Best Actor. I keep forgetting that Tick, Tick, Boom wasn't nominated for Best Picture.
0: It should have been. It's
1: absurd that it wasn't, actually. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like it's a bummer because that movie's great. Um, But... uh, yeah, I also agree that I think Power of the Dog is going to win this. Uh, it's another just impeccably crafted film. Like, it's yeah, a film, it looks... like, just just find a flaw in... Some people have argued that the ending of Power of the Dog is unclear. I think you just weren't paying attention. I oh, think it's, it's actually it's... Pretty, pretty clear. It just doesn't actually come right out and say it mm-hmm. out loud. And I think one of the reasons it can do that is because it's so sharply edited mm-hmm. that all of the ingredients that go into that sort of mysterious ending are highlighted so that if you're paying attention, you can't miss them. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And
1: I think that's the beauty of that movie in a lot of ways. So yeah, I think Power of the very, very happy if it wins. It's easily my second favorite editing job of this crop. Hmm. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Tick, Tick, Boom, uh, really, in a perfect world, would really, get it really based on this. Yeah. Um, okay, we're, we're rounding all, out.
0: Let's do cinematography. Let's next. do
1: cinematography. The nominees are mm-hmm. Dune, once again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, the tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story, and I honestly—if anything—but tragedy of Macbeth wins. I will not be shocked. And even <laughs> tragedy of Macbeth is great. It just doesn't have a lot of support. Like it's a really, really beautifully filmed a uh, film. But there's a great argument to be made that uh, the epic sweep of Dune is going to have the same sort of uh, Oscar appreciation that like Blade Runner 2049 had. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of like, woo! Look at how much that. Look at how epic that is. Holy crap. Uh, Nightmare Alley, much like its production design, there sure is a lot of cinematography. Like it's really bold <laughs> and in your face.
0: Well, and, and uh, he released it twice. Mm-hmm. There's two different cinematographies for that movie. Yeah,
1: there's also the they're, black and white. I feel like it's colors the one that's nominated. Yeah,
0: though, the right? color is the one that's nominated. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. If, if you remember, yeah. if you desaturate uh, it, did the? I, I imagine you know Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. would have done it with an actual, the, an, the actual cinematography. I would hope George so, right? so that it timed right he, because he it's just not, it's not like, just.
1: Draining out the color. No, it's it's
0: you know not as easy as just sort of turning down the saturation knob on a TV. It's not the same
1: thing. It shouldn't be anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Lindsay, Power of the Dog again, best picture nominee, best picture frontrunner, gorgeous motion picture, Mm a lot of story told uh, very visually. Uh, Tragedy Macbeth again, uh, a, a very arch and somewhat abstract film in a lot of ways, but very beautifully photographed. And then West Side Story, which is one of Steven Spielberg's prettiest films, which is saying something. Yeah. For me, some of, some of
0: that photography—the uh, oh opening God. shot in West Side Story, where was just sort of pans through all of the demolished
1: buildings and we get a good sense of yeah. the place—I I wasn't a huge fan of. I feel like I feel like the biggest problem with West Side Story is Ansel Elgort is—he's a, he, a weak leading he, man. He's—he's he's, he's, the problem is it's not that he's terrible in the film; it's that on a scale of one to ten, he's a solid seven, seven point five. Literally, when, when everyone, everyone else is a 10. Everyone else is a 10. So either they have to act down to him mm. or they have to act rings around him. And he's the lead. So it really brings a lot of the story down a little, which is really frustrating because technically, on a technical level, this movie is practically perfect. The cinematography in West Side Story takes your breath away. Just Even just like a scene of like, Tony looking up at Maria on a fire escape just makes you go, oh, that's a gorgeous piece of photography. Like, holy crap. So I think West Side Story should win. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make my one, maybe this is a bold move, maybe not. I think it's going to win. Hmm. I do. I think people have been talking about it a lot. I think the conversation about West Side Story has mostly been dominated by the impressive camera work. Yeah, I'm and I think it. as much as Power of the Dog quite probably could win, and, and it would and deserve it. Was, it it's it was, great. It was Kaminsky, right? Kaminsky did uh, West Side Story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Power of the Dog has an excellent shot. I wouldn't be shocked if Dune won. I'd be a little surprised if Nightmare Alley won. I'd be very surprised if Tragedy Macbeth won. I honestly think West Side Story is just going to be hard to overlook. I really do. Yeah. Uh,
0: I I th- I love I love the photography in West Side Story. It, yeah, it is, it is impeccable. Uh, it is it is gorgeous. It is skilled. It is uh, one of the best shot films of the year, and I also think it doesn't have a chance to win. Oh, uh, it's yeah, too bad. I, I think West Side Story, something about that film is just keeping the Academy away. I, mm. I don't, Like, they had thought to nominate it, and I think that was maybe good enough for them.
1: Yeah, there, there are those movies that get a lot of nominations, and the Academy's like, enjoy your nominations, now get the fuck out of here, yeah, American like, Hustle. Here,
0: here, here's nine nominations, and you win none. Go Yeah, I,
1: uh, yeah. Uh,
0: I forgot what I forgot who was hold which film
1: holds the record for um most nominations that it win. Yeah. It's uh, it's I think it's a tie between turning point and the color purple. Which had like ten each or something? Oh, they had like they had like twelve each. yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll double I'll double right. check, but I it's, it's I, I, definitely then, those two.
0: And uh, who directed The Color
1: Purple? Steven Spielberg. <laughs> that was a long time ago though, and that was a uh, time when people weren't respecting him as a serious filmmaker. Yeah,
0: that didn't really happen until Schindler's List, I think.
1: Yeah, which <laughs> he'd made several great films before mm-hmm. that, but man, yeah, whatever. Uh, hold on, let me to that them. that
0: weren't like you know adventure pictures, very good adventure pictures, but you know, yeah. I was gonna say the kind that's not nominated for best picture, but mm-hmm. Raiders of the Lost Ark was up for
1: mm-hmm. Oscars. Uh, turning the turning point, which was a drama about uh, uh ballet uh, ballerinas starring Shirley MacLaine and Anne Bancroft, uh, was nominated for eleven Academy Awards, and the Color Purple was also nominated for eleven Academy Awards, wow. and neither of them won a single, a single Oscar. Award. Turning Point, to be fair, was up against Star Wars.
0: <laughs> oh, it was so up against the, Star Wars, yeah, Nanny I mean,
1: Hall. That was a big, big year. Yeah, okay. and uh, I forget was up against Color Purple, but I think people just weren't hmm. <sighs> weren't
0: we're, weren't in the mood for the Color Purple. Maybe either.
1: not. Maybe not. Uh
0: so I I I love West Side Story uh for almost the opposite reason I love the tragedy of Macbeth. I love uh, the angles in that thing uh yeah. keep in mind it was shot in academy standard yeah. which is uh you know definitely worth a mention. It's it's in black and white but it's mostly in white. Like, yeah. like there's a lot of stark bright colors in Bell that Belfast
1: was kind of the same way. Did you notice that they really mm. amplified the white and like made the the shadows less pronounced than I'm usually when you look at like black and white films in the 1930s and 40s there tends to be like sort of a middle gray that they go for mm -hmm. or if they don't do that they go over inky black shadows
0: well they they do like uh, the horror movies are all the inky inky black shadows you watch uh, you know in a stereo Rogers musical and like everything's just lit to shit
1: it's just everything right, but it bright, always, I mean, it, does, but it doesn't feel like I, it's I say, blown I out
0: I say to shit as if it's bad it's no actually, but like but like Belfast and,
1: and Tragedy Macbeth and I think to, I think Tragedy Macbeth works beautifully I think Belfast overdoes it a little they're almost blown out mm. like they're actually like overly bright yeah. they're going for that aesthetic I think Macbeth gets away with that I think Belfast mm. is a little hard to watch sometimes but, uh, I,
0: I think yeah. because uh, because of the way it's sort of was able to capture a lot of the intimacy of interiors and because of the way it was able to handle the epic sweep of the American West. It's going to be uh, the power of the dog. Okay. Uh, Keep in mind that it's the only one uh, of these nominees that makes uh, impressive use of exteriors. All of these other ones are filmed inside or were filmed on sound stages. Even sure. even Dune, which takes place out in a desert, yeah. wasn't filmed out in a desert. I don't think really. much of it was, yeah. I mean, some I'm sure some of it was filmed on location, maybe, yeah, no. but a lot yeah. of it looks really artificial. Uh, Nightmare Alley is deliberately very artificial. That's sort yeah. of the thing with Guillermo del Toro. Uh, West Side Story, like I said, some of the most impressive photography of the year, but... Doesn't have that natural Americana That I think uh, is really going to get
1: to yeah. uh,
0: Academy voters in this category Maybe, I
1: wouldn't be shocked But yeah, this this is the one where I'm kind of just Pulling a Hail Mary okay. I think it's got a chance um, Alright, we've got five categories left I'm sorry, six categories Acting, directing, and best picture Let's get going uh, the, the nominees for best actress in a supporting role Are Jessie Buckley for The Lost Daughter Ariana DeBose for West Side Story Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anjanu Ellis for King Richard. This, and I've said this before, Mm. this has been one of the absolute most incredible years for supporting actresses. Mm. Like, you could have snubbed all of these people, every single one, and still had five absolute, holy shit, What an incredible supporting performance, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, nominees, and there would still be people left out.
0: Well, well, like, who are you? Uh, Ruth
1: Naga for passing.
0: Oh, there you
1: go. Uh, um, uh, Marley Matlin for uh, Coda, Coda, excellent performance in that. Um, hold on, I'm trying to think here. Uh, it's uh, the um, Mm. hold on, hold on, hold on, I got it. I got it. Oh, uh, Regina King for "The Harder They Fall," which was completely snubbed, and I'm mad yeah, about it. Yeah, that, that, that movie's that incredible.
0: Whole, that whole movie it should have should have been for
1: several awards. At but... least costume design, production design, mm. best original song at minimum. But I think Regina King absolutely should have been nominated. Uh, Olga Meredith for "In the Heights." Another okay, movie yeah. that was completely snubbed and it's kind of bullshit. That's a very gorgeous motion picture. Why, why, why did nobody see it? Nice? I don't understand it's it. Such a they should have. They should have re-released it at the end of the year. I think you're they right. Really yeah. should've, they really should have. They should have put it back out in theaters around the time West Side Story came out. At least try to steal some of that thunder or, or copy off of it or, or whatever because it's excellent. Um, let's see. Uh, Sally Hawkins for Spencer, excellent performance there, um, and, and others besides. But in any case, it was a really good year for it. Uh, I think Ariana DeBose is pretty much considered the runaway winner here. The odds of anyone else mm. winning pretty slim, pretty slim. slim, yeah. pretty slim. Uh, although it, although it's a great crop, I I, I actually think Judy Dench is weird because she's not even the standout supporting actress performance in Belfast. I think that's Catriona uh, Balfi. Uh, yeah, uh, she's <laughs> wonderful in that film. I. I, I... Judy Dench is fine. She
0: yeah. has a very minor part in this movie. Yeah, and she like, doesn't
1: have a lot of notes to play, even. She's yeah, just like, kind of... I mean, she's good, Kier, but... Kieran
0: Hines is the real star of that movie. I think yeah. he gives the best performance. I, one and, could say, and, he, and, and we'll and, get and to him in a and minute. He, and even the kid. Um, uh, yeah. Noah
1: Jupe is his name, I think. I think that's that kid. It's also... Uh, 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 I think Jamie Dornan's also excellent in that film. I think it's a really yeah, good... Yeah. I think the whole cast is really excellent. Judy Dench is not giving the most interesting performance although it's certainly very very capable Kirsten Dunst is doing some of the best work of her career in Power of the Dog it's a wonderful film and if she won I'd be very very happy for her Anjanou Ellis is she doesn't get a lot of big moments in uh, King Richard but she's consistently fantastic throughout that whole movie Yeah, she's really fantastic in that whole film uh, and then Jesse Buckley is unbelievably impeccable in The Lost Daughter <laughs> these are really great performances yeah, for the um, most part uh, but de DuBose on in addition to being a really rock solid dramatic role full of tragedy and mm. uh and weight she's also singing amazingly she's also dancing amazingly she's got a lot of humor to her performance as well it's a there's a reason this role won an academy award like 60 years ago mm. uh and i think it's going to do it again <laughs> because it's it's really fantastic if i were voting oh, that's so tough I think I'd it would uh, want Ariana Debose. It's it's between Ariana Debose and Kirsten Dunst. Okay. Although I really love Jesse Buckley as well. I think I vote for Ariana Debose. I really do think. It, <laughs> I really do think it's just a powerhouse performance. Uh, what about you? It's,
0: it, I think she's the spot on to win. There's there's no question. Uh, yeah. It, it's like ninety nine to one on that one, uh, or one to ninety nine, or whatever whatever, whatever. whatever. Good odds are. Yeah. Uh, it's good odds uh, for yeah. Ariana Debose to win. I would vote for Jesse Buckley. Yeah. Uh, because Jesse Buckley kind of has to pull double duty because she's playing... Uh, she and, and Olivia Coleman are playing the same character. Uh, and we get to see... These two performances inform one another, and I'm not sure how much they worked together, but I feel like they did to sort of get a lot of like mannerisms and certain like vocal inflections. They don't
1: look alike. No, they don't. In any meaningful way, but they feel like they're playing the same character, and that's the incredible thing. Like, if you, they just sort of cut to Jesse Buckley at one point, Hmm. and they don't go out of their way to call attention to the fact that they're the same character. They're not like wearing the same Hmm. color or anything like that, or they're not interacting with the same object, or, and yet you just know. Mm. It's just because their performances are so well, it's, spot it's on. It's also
0: excellent direction from Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's she such a good movie. Uh, she's, that's a great... I, I made a list today of, like, in the last, like, four or five years, uh-huh. how many, like, A-list actresses mm-hmm. have directed their first feature. Mm. And it's a, it's a huge number. Yeah, like, a lot of them are great. Like everyone, Greta Gerwig, for instance, she did two movies in the last five years. Yeah, uh, although her, she had
1: co-directed a film before. I guess
0: yeah. I guess yeah. She, uh, But but
1: her solo feature, yeah.
0: For solo feature, yeah, it was Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, there was you know Brie Larson and Halle Berry and mm-hmm. Maggie Gyllenhaal and Rebecca, Rebecca Hall, Hall did like, an amazing film this year. year. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and, completely and,
1: snubbed. Passing, yeah. real bummer. Uh,
0: Lena Headey is about to direct her first movie. Oh, no uh, shit. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. That's cool. Yeah, that, that was just just announced. I'm on the huh. news, I'm on the news beat now, so I actually know this stuff. Uh, Yeah, so I think it's really fascinating and great that uh, a lot more uh, actors are directing. I think when actors direct, they tend to focus more on character Mm. uh, than, you know, just pure directors who focus more on, you know, sort of film as a bigger object. Yeah. And I like movies that are about character, so I'm I'm eager to see that. And I think Maggie Gyllenhaal did such a great job directing those two actresses. Mm -hmm in playing the same character and they both did an extraordinary job of it that uh, mm. we kind of see uh, the entire gamut of a personality between the two of them
1: yeah agree. and
0: that's that's an amazing thing that, that Jesse Buckley and Olivia Coleman and Maggie Ginny Hall all kind of constructed for, together for, for
1: that reason The Lost Daughter is a film I would have nominated for best editing that movie's Uh, editing tells a lot of that story Uh, yeah not just chronologically but just in terms of drawing parallels and uh Mm. yeah it's they're really that's a really great film if you haven't seen lost (laughs) daughter please see it. it's really 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 good good. i'm glad it got nominated Mm. for some things i I would vote
0: for jesse buckley i think she's excellent i they might be looking over jesse buckley because she's gonna have another chance she's young she's she's only uh, just breaking
1: out and getting bigger and bigger roles i hopefully hopefully that's okay she's she's incredibly talented I,
0: i hope they don't uh I hope she doesn't like disappear to like a star wars or, or marvel oh, machine that'd be a bummer, or, yeah. it's like they're gonna cast her as, i don't know what's a superhero that needs a role uh, right jesse
1: buckley and, could one of the
0: x-men i guess could um, play she'll play rogue she be jean so, gray or yeah. something i don't know
1: anyway um all right so next up moving on this is another one where it feels like kind of a runaway uh best actor in supporting role mm. the nominees are kieran hines for belfast troy kotzer for coda Jesse Plemons for The Power of the Dog J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos And Cody Smith McPhee For The Power of the Dog mm. A lot of people were predicting Cody Smith McPhee He was really sweeping a lot of the Critics Awards um, And then Jesse Plemons swept in And got a somewhat surprising also nomination Two nominations for The Power of mm-hmm. the Dog Those might cancel each other out a little bit Siphon off some votes uh, J.K. Simmons is one of the two things I liked about Being the Ricardos <laughs> Being Ricardo
0: Ricardos sucks Yeah and, uh, It is just a a ill-advised, badly written, Mm. not very good movie. J.K. Simmons is
1: well cast. I think Nina Arianda is also well cast. She's another one if she'd uh, been nominated. If she'd been nominated for Best Supporting Actress, I would have been happy with that too. Uh, I I think uh,
0: if there is like soul and personality at all in this, that kind Mm. of soulless affair of being the Ricardos, Mm. it comes from J.K. Simmons as William Frawley. Uh, William Frawley. uh, specifically the one scene where William Frehley has a drink with Lucille Ball. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, follow me. And they go out the back door right across the street and there's a bar right across the way. He goes there every day because he's just a a He's a alcoholic, yeah. And uh, he talks about how acting and comedy has been his thing for longer than she's been alive. Like yeah. he was doing like
1: this vaudeville, vaudeville yeah. back
0: when he was a kid. Yeah. Uh, William Frawley has a very interesting life. He's all, he was also just a horrendous person, especially <laughs> to Vivian Vance. Yeah. He's just cruel and rude and awful. Uh, but you know, he fit into that. And I think
2: mm.
0: JK Simmons is good at capturing all of that. But at the same time, JK Simmons is doing one of those like imitative performances yeah. where he's kind of doing the voice and he's doing some of the mannerisms. Yeah. He doesn't really have big moments to chew into. No, no,
1: no. It's it's, it's a good performance. I do think he... I'm, I'm, I'm not mad that he's nominated here, although there are definitely people who would have nominated instead. Uh, but he's very, very good, and I don't begrudge him his nomination. I think Jesse Plemons kind of disappears into the movie. He's supposed to. The right. whole point is that he's not very... Uh, uh, he's not a very he's dominating not a, not a force present, in his own life. Yeah. Uh, so that works. Kieran Hines is a very, very sweet... Uh, uh, grandfatherly performance. I totally get why he was nominated. Uh, but if you've seen Coda, you know that Troy Kotzer won this already. Troy,
0: Troy, Troy Kotzer is so damn funny. Troy Kotzer <laughs> is
1: absolutely. I just, I finally watched Coda today. Hmm. Just hadn't got around to it. I knew I was going to see it before the Oscars. I made the time today. It's a sweet film. It's Troy Kotzer's film.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Troy Kotzer is an absolutely, just a wonderfully impeccable performance in every single aspect of you could possibly imagine he completely owns everything that he's in but it's also a very giving performance he's not stealing any of these scenes Mm. he's just a kind of a bigger than life dad and every single scene he shares with marley matlin they're totally on the same page they fit together he fits together with his daughter he fits together with his son he fits together in the environment with all like the fishermen he's like working with even though in many respects he feels ostracized because he's deaf and they're not uh he's perfect and this is one of those roles where you just watch it, even if the movie wasn't considered like maybe a last minute chew in for major awards, you would just watch it and go, yeah, he's going to win that. You, you, you just know. It's like when Mark Rylance was in Bridge of Spies. Bridge of Spies is hardly Steven Spielberg's most interesting film. It was nominated for a bunch of Academy Awards, but the only one you knew it was going to win was Mark Rylance because it just yeah. it was made for that actor at that <laughs> time. And it was impeccably scripted and the actor nailed it. So I think he's really good too. Yeah, I think no, I think I I would vote for him. I think he's a shoe in. So it feels like a little uninteresting, but he actually deserves it. It's a really wonderful performance. Uh, So he's gonna win. I think he should win, and we can move on. What do unless there's Um, you disagree Do you think there's somebody you would have voted for instead? I I
0: think Troy Troy Kotzer is gonna win. Uh, I think he is excellent in that movie. I love Kieran Hines in Belfast. Yeah. You, you say he's merely grandfatherly. I think he has... I think he has that reductive. Lo- but... I think he has a lot of, of the soul of that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. He's
0: the one... He's the positive influence on the main character. Okay. He's the calm one. He's the loving one. He can he, the, the The mom and the dad are like kind of put upon and are a little bit absent mm-hmm. and a little bit gruff with. He's the one who gets to be situation. present with the child. Exactly. He doesn't have anything else
1: going on in his life, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when... Yeah. when you I know, just find that... A when, he's, when he's sick in bed and says, I ain't going nowhere, you won't find me. It's like...
1: That's oh, a, like that's, that's, that's a, that's a the great line. line. Yeah.
0: That's, that's not... I don't think that's here and high. But he says, it, well, yeah. you know, it's, I, I think... Kenneth Branagh is an actor's director. Like he, he does big theatrical film movements as well. He kind of sweeps the camera around. Mm-hmm. He's actually, for a, a theater director, is surprisingly cinematic when he gets behind a camera. Yeah. Uh, but I think he knows how to work with actors, and that's especially true uh, in, in his Shakespeare films, and it's especially true in... Like little bits of something like Cinderella, where we get to see the characters just sort of like hanging out and being
1: friendly, and there's a lot of
0: warmth and humanity in those mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah.
1: Belfast is all
0: that. Yeah. And it's strongest when Kieran Hines is
1: on. It's the a spring. very good film. There are just so many films that kind of overshadow it in right. so many distinct ways, but Belfast is, is a solid film. I'm mm-hmm. glad it got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Uh, I don't. I, I see your point. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that. I find that comfort a little one note, maybe, but maybe that's just right. me. But it's a sweet performance. He's, he's he's really good at it. I'm happy he mm. was nominated. Don't get me wrong. It's his first nomination. He's always been a wonderful actor. Um, next up, we have Best Actress in a, in a leading role. Mm. And this is interesting because none of the nominees are for Best Picture nominees, even though there are ten of them. Yeah. Which is pretty unusual. So none of these people are like riding the coattails of like a major mm. uh, a wave of support. So the nominees are Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, which I have not seen. I hear she's amazing, but I haven't Mm. seen that one. Uh, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, which I I don't understand this at all. Uh, It's it's, it's not... She's not very miscast. Uh, And then Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Um, Again, I think Nicole Kidman is there because... There were other people you could have nominated. I, I honestly don't get it. I think she's uniquely ill-suited for that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she doesn't capture any of the vitality of Lucille Ball at any time.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, at least it wasn't nominated for Best Makeup, because the makeup that they used to try to get her to look more like <laughs> Lucille Ball does not work.
0: Which is weird, because that's the only actor they did that for. yeah. Right?
1: Like, Javier Bardem looks nothing like Desi Arnaz no. They don't sound alike They don't look alike He doesn't try to do a voice or anything He's just Javier Bardem But they call him Desi Arnaz mm. He's terribly miscast And we'll get to that in a minute Because he's also nominated for some reason You know what I would have
0: guessed as Desi Arnaz He's a little mm. too old for the role now what? But John Leguizamo Yeah, but, John Leguizamo would have yeah, been good yeah, he's, uh, John Leguizamo Colombian and, uh, yeah. and Desi Arnaz was Cuban But uh, I, I feel like he has that kind of life and humor uh, yeah. And you know John Leguizamo spent a lot of time on stage.
1: Yeah, I feel like he's a little old for it, but then again, so is Javier Bardem. Yeah, I feel like they're both like, they're both a little old for their roles, and so is so is Nicole Kidman. Put, Pittman,
0: put makeup matter. on uh, I know. John Leguizamo. He's still he's still got a lot of energy.
1: Yeah, I think I think he would have been better suited, but I think a lot of people would have. Yeah. Uh, but let, let's keep focused on best actress here. Um, so again, I I haven't seen Parallel Mothers. You saw Parallel Mothers, right? I did see Parallel Mothers. How is Penelope Cruz? Uh,
0: she's quite good. I I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit suspicious of her nomination because oh, so? uh, it's like, oh, she gets to do the queer stuff. There's some uh, que- Yeah, she plays uh, she plays a character who is seeing a man at the beginning of the movie and mm. starts seeing a woman partway through the movie. Okay. Uh, she doesn't ever say that she's bisexual, but the character is bisexual. Right. Uh, and Hollywood has this bad habit of awarding straight actors when they play queer characters.
1: Is uh, she straight? I, mean, mm-hmm. I know she's married to Javier Bardem, mm-hmm. but she... She's not come out as far as I know. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, uh, so these... and, and,
0: and I feel like that's an mm. echo of sort of like a, a bad habit that Hollywood yeah. has always done. I think she is quite good in the role. Yeah, um, Parallel Mothers is a little bit of, it's a bit of a curious film because it does that Elmo DeVar melodrama about, you know, who, mm. like who is the identity of the child and who was I like, sleeping with the t- at the time yeah. and who's living with me now. Often a lot and of soap then, opera elements and, within uh, a more
1: serious narrative. Yeah, And the
0: reason like uh, uh, some of these characters hooked up is because uh, Polanyi Cruz is like looking for uh, relatives who were buried like randomly out in the middle of a field somewhere during okay. a, a really rough uh, political time. And, uh, by the time we get to the end of the movie, we're focusing entirely on that. And like mm-hmm. the, the melodrama is just completely ah.
1: gone. So yeah. it's
0: a little bit oddly constructed, uh, yeah. especially for Almodovar Ahmad- who does tends to sort of follow through <laughs> with his melodrama.
1: Yeah. Uh, of of these of the of the remaining because uh, I'm not I'm not voting for Nicole Kidman and I can't vote for Penelope Cruz mm. of the remaining three these are all really great performances I think uh, Jessica Chastain is again The Ice Tammy Faye is an amazing movie she's very very good in it uh, Olivia Colman is absolutely superlative in The Lost Daughter and I think Kristen Stewart gives a really fantastic uh, uh, very internal performance. Mm. Like a lot of, she has to keep so much with hidden within herself for so long in that movie, but you can see it all on camera. It's very, very meticulous. Um, I'd be happy if any of them won. Frankly, uh, I would vote for Olivia Colman. I know she just won a couple of years ago, but I think this is the superior performance. Yeah, to her in the favorite, she's very good in the favorite. I'm not begrudging her that, but this is her finest work, if you ask me. Uh, but I'm predicting it's going to be neck and neck between Jessica Chastain and Kristen Stewart. <laughs> They've both been on a lot of people's radars for a long time. Jessica Chastain's been nominated multiple times. Kristen Stewart has been arguably snubbed a couple of times as her first nomination. Um, the Academy likes to award ingenues, especially in Best Actress, uh, whenever they can. That that,
0: uh, that is actors 30 and under. Yeah, yeah,
1: so Kristen Stewart might have a slight edge here. Uh, whereas Jessica Chastain might have more of the Kate Winslet thing going, been nominated so many times, and even if this isn't mm-hmm. her best role, this might be the year. But she's great. In- she's so great. Yeah, she these are both great yeah. performances. These are both great performances. Um, I just feel it's a toss-up between the two. I would vote for Olivia Colman. I'm predicting Jessica Chastain.
0: Oh, okay. I, I would vote for Olivia Colman. Uh, I'm predicting Kristen, Kristen Stewart.
1: There you go. Like I said, it's yeah. kind of a coin toss. No, yeah.
0: I, I think... Uh, here, here's why I think Kristen Stewart will win. She doesn't want to. <laughs> well, maybe she does. Maybe she does want to. No, but, she, uh,
1: she, she was slightly misquoted. She said she doesn't give a shit. But yeah. what she actually meant was it's it's okay if she loses. Yeah. Like that. She uh, said she, she is honored. Who wouldn't be? That's mm-hmm. a big deal. you know? To, you know not, not I, I feel award, like, but, like she, yeah.
0: what I find really fascinating that the uh, Twilight when it first came out in 2000. Uh, <laughs> Two thousand five. That first movie came out. I think. No, uh, Two thousand.
1: Seven, two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, around so, there,
0: somewhere, somewhere between late two thousands, somewhere between nineteen ninety two and twenty fifteen. Yeah, uh, uh, both she and Robert Pattinson, who mm-hmm. were the leads in that movie, uh, that those five movies, mm-hmm. uh, they were given such crap. Yeah, widely by, derided by a lot of critics and uh, especially a lot of like fanboys because mm-hmm. like Twilight.
1: Was, was for girls was
0: it was yeah regarded like, as like this female loved thing that was infiltrating male spaces yeah it's, when it's when twilight
1: cool. when the so called uh, Twihards like started showing up at comic con a lot of people were incredibly rude to them as mm-hmm. but like their fandom's just as good as anyone else's man yeah, look,
0: look, like even if you think twilight sucks and quite frankly I think twilight kind of sucks yeah it's no stupider than any of the superheroes no like it's it's
1: really we. we we as popular culture in general like really did Twilight dirty. Like it's again, I don't think they're amazing. I think the last two are really interesting in a lot of <laughs> I think, unexpected ways I think
0: because they get kind of kooky by that. Yeah, because but, yeah. they
1: get really weird at the end. So I kind of like those last two movies. But regardless, yeah, weirdly judgmental overall. Yeah. And I know, but, but, I, I know, I when I was younger and more mature, mm-hmm. I was probably not as cool about Twilight as I should have been. Yeah, I, I apologize for that twilight is fine twilight is it, it is
0: yeah. fine I, I don't think yeah. it's great i think it
1: yeah
0: uh promotes unhealthy attitudes about relationships which in a I, lot th- of ways, th- I think i think it's a fair critique the, it's
1: not the only film that does that but at the
0: same time you know all these yeah. superhero movies you know are, are copaganda and promote military violence yeah. so ni- neither of these things are entirely healthy uh Kristen stewart and robert pattinson have are some of The most fascinating actors of their generation Yeah they
1: they, they, Really strange oblique uh, Projects to work on Catherine Hardwick picked the right cast Yeah you can't you cannot Take that away from that movie she she knew Exactly what she was doing when she cast those Two people because even though the roles are a little Under are a little beneath their talent In terms of like how deep those characters are Mm. Those actors brought More to those characters than anyone Else probably could have and we see Later on in the choices that they've made and the incredible films that both of them have made yeah, yeah. they were good <laughs> the whole time yeah,
0: Kristen stewart uh has made uh, you know, films with olivia asias uh-huh. uh, robert pattinson's made movies with cronenberg and robert mm. eggers and uh, mm. uh,
1: the Softy brothers yeah. and the
0: safty brothers uh, yeah. Yeah, they're working with interesting directors both of them and churning out some really fascinating raw uh deliberately ugly kind of work in some of these Mm. but at the same time she's in Charlie's Angels and he's Batman like they'll still do these broad commercial things as well still
1: a job he's still got to he's still gonna pay the bills sometimes I'm sure Clouds of Sills Maria didn't exactly like pay off the mortgage on her house I I
0: understand that (laughs) and you know they're both celebrities as well as being interesting actors so they're still doing the celebrity parts but I never get the sense that they feel that those roles are, are like beneath them in some way. They're just no, n- interesting I, roles to play I, I don't, for them. I
1: don't think that new Charlie's Angels movies came out terribly well, but mm. I actually really appreciate that Kristen Stewart was trying to bring a totally different energy to that kind of action franchise. Mm. And when it works, it works well. And when it doesn't, mm. it's just kind of a generic action movie. Uh, but... Um, so you th- so you think Kristen Stewart's going to be the one? I think Kristen it Stewart's yeah. going to be the winner. I, I, I would not be shocked. W-
0: we need to uh, finally acknowledge after all of yeah. this bad press she got early on, yeah, and now all of the uh, awards she's been winning over the past decade from a lot of like European critics' bodies. Mm-hmm. It's finally time for America to step up and say, "Oh yeah. wait, she's like one of the best actresses of her generation. She Let's, is like kind of do something about that.
1: She is. I feel like we're a little overdue to give Jessica Chastain her due, mm-hmm. so I think that might. Yeah. Take some slight precedence in terms of the popular vote, and luckily we've already forgotten about the three fifty
0: five. So <laughs> there you go. I forgot about it the next day. Yeah,
1: which starred <laughs> Jessica Chastain and uh, Penelope Cruz, mm-hmm. and and um, and Lupita Nyong'o, and Lupita Nyong'o, mm. and um, and others. Uh, Dan Kruger. That's who it was Dan Kruger. was in it. Was Yeah. In it, yeah. Such a damn good cast such, <laughs> such an eh movie um, Let's move on, we've got two categories, uh, three categories left uh, Best Actor in a Leading Role The nominees are Javier Bardem in Being the Ricardos As we've already said, we think he's miscast Meh. Benedict Cumberbatch in Power of the Dog Excellent performance Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom Really excellent performance mm-hmm. if you ask me Will Smith in King Richard A very well cast performance, I think he's very good in it And Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth uh, here, Here's something I learned recently It's Denzel is it Denzel Washington it's not Denzel he no shit he corrected
0: uh an interviewer he's like everybody's been calling me Denzel for you and I've been saying Denzel for
1: you I've I've called him Denzel to his face I've interviewed him a couple of times he did not I wish he had no I I I would have I would have stopped right there and I would have corrected myself I would apologize it's probably happened to him
0: enough that he just sort of like rolls with it but yeah it's Denzel Washington Denzel Washington
1: wow okay well I apologize Denzel Washington regardless you're one of the greatest actors who's ever lived uh, as t- far as I'm concerned, straight up, period. Yeah, just no question. flat out. Even even your lesser movies, you're always giving great performances. Mm. This is not one of your lesser movies. I think Tragedy Macbeth* is a great film. I'm glad you were nominated. You're not going to win.
0: Sadly, no. You have because, no buzz.
1: That's not going to happen uh,
0: uh, because uh, Denzel, uh, <laughs> sir. I, I, I can still call him by his first name. Well,
1: you, we know he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Denzel. I mean, how, good to hear from you again. Who,
0: who would we be confusing him with? Yeah. <laughs> Uh I feel like with Macbeth is unusual for for Denzel Washington because he is actually kind of showing how how much range he actually has yeah. not that that was up for any question no. he's he's played a, a great variety of roles mm. this is the first time I feel like he's been playing against type mm. uh Denzel Washington it's is strange. typically uh cast as uh, very strong-willed people. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, whether they're good or bad, you look right. at something like Fences, he's this sort of very stern father figure. Uh, you, you look at him in, uh, you, or some, maybe one of his action
1: roles. Yeah. Like, equalizer. Yeah, the Equalizer. Or, he yeah. plays
0: they have these very kind of resolute kind of characters. I feel yeah. like uh, Roman J. Osweiler Esquire is one of his best performances. That's
1: what I was going to point out is I think that's uh, an exception to this rule Because he, is he, plays, type
0: there. he plays kind of this uh, shrinking violet in that movie, but it, yeah. but then halfway through the movie he starts becoming bold again and that. Yeah proves to be kind of harmful to his character yeah
1: that, that's a really um, underrated <laughs> it really, <laughs> really is everyone always says like oh you got nominated for that yeah because it's it, good
0: it's really really good yeah uh, it is all about his performance yeah i think he's well it's a character piece it's, um, it's
1: like nightcrawler nightcrawler is a character piece i'm and, from the same guy who made nightcrawler uh, Dan Gilroy. Uh, yeah they're, they're, they're good companion pieces actually they're uh, all about ethics basically the character of
0: macbeth is a wimp yeah. he is weak-willed yeah he is
1: callow yeah. He's not like they, they he's often, of cast, he's often cast very young as sort of like an opportunistic kind of guy. Mm. Casting Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand is kind of brilliant because it feels like you lived your whole life and you made nothing of it. Mm. Yeah, and now this is your last chance right at the end to and maybe it, steal some power and notoriety.
0: And casting Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand proves mm. how pathetic those characters are. Mm. Uh, first of all, they're both excellent. Uh, Amazing.
1: I, I, if she'd been nominated, I would have been happy too. I think yeah. she's great in that movie.
0: But casting these ordinarily very uh, actors known for sort of more forthright roles yeah. as kind of these wimpy characters who just don't aren't really making decisions mm-hmm. because they're ambitious. I think yeah. uh, what Joel Cohen really understood about Macbeth is that it's not about ambition.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, It's about people who don't have ambition trying it out
2: yeah.
1: and
0: failing miserably. It, it
1: actually is weird in many respects, the story-wise, even though there's a lot of fantastical elements and it's... Uh, mm-hmm it kind of feels like a film noir, like the kind of thing the Coen yeah. would make about like two losers who decide to, to kill somebody yeah, for the yeah. money and it goes horribly wrong. There's really very little difference between Macbeth <laughs> it, and something it, like The Man Who Wasn't There. It, or, or A Serious
0: yeah. Man, I think. A but, Serious uh, Man, you all,
1: yeah, a little bit, yeah. Well, and,
0: you know, about these people who make a single bad decision and they're just punished relentlessly for the rest of the film. Yeah. And how uh, both of them, and Denzel Washington especially, uh, really bring out just the inner sadness and pathos of these characters. Yeah. Not in an epic sort of way. Ah, oh, I tried something big and mm. I failed. No, they're not that ambitious. Yeah. They
1: they they're just sad. Yeah. Uh moving on, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is all he's kind of gotten shoved out of the best actor conversation. Even though I think he's playing a character who is all kind of instantly iconic. I think there's something just really larger than life about his character in a way that's very believable. And that's hard to pull off. Mm. Uh and he's a tragic figure, but he's also a horrifying villain. Uh, he's uh, got a lot of subtlety to his performance, but he's also overplaying himself on purpose because he's trying to be macho. Uh, that's a great, great work. But um, for me, I if I were voting, I would be voting for Andrew Garfield. I think Andrew mm. Garfield is really, really wonderful on Tick, Tick, Boom. I think he shows a range that, he's always been good, but I think he's shown a range we haven't seen from him before, an emotional range, a performing range mm. as well. He also it turns out, hes he doesn't have like the most melodious singing voice I've ever heard, but he trained to tell stories with his voice as he sings, and as he sings on, on key. Mm. Um, and that's what he needed, and that's what he did, and he did so very, very beautifully. Uh, however, if I were to guess, I think this is Will Smith's year. I think Will yeah, Smith he, is... He's,
0: he's very, very good at he's King Richard. He's been gunning for it he's been for trying a so long hard. time, Will they, Smith.
1: They, I think the Oscars like to be sucked up to a little bit. And I think Will Smith, you know, he's been nominated twice before, right? He was nominated for mm-hmm. Ali and The Pursuit of Happiness. I think that's it, Wasn't right? Was he nominated for Pursuit? He no. was nominated for Pursuit of Happiness. Right. Right. He's been nominated twice before. He's, hes you know, he's played his serious roles. He's done a few serious roles that didn't end up going to the Academy, like uh, Seven Pounds or, uh, what was that? Uh, Collateral Beauty, which is just awful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Collateral Beauty.
1: Watch Collateral Beauty, by oh, the Oh my God, if, is that one of the most incredibly if, embarrassing if, films? And, and
0: if you don't know anything about it so much the better, just the go, in, go in
1: blind. Holy shit, they thought that shit was brilliant, and it is not. Uh, but Will Smith's very, very good in King Richard. It's kind of the kind of character that kind of just pops off the page. And I can picture other actors playing the character really, really well. Hmm. Like... I, here's the thing. I feel like Denzel Washington could have played King Richard. I don't think Will Smith could have played Macbeth. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But I do think Will Smith is nailing it here. And I won't be upset if he wins. But he's probably, like, my fourth favorite performance that's nominated. Mm. Um, so I think Will Smith is going to win. But I would be voting for Andrew Garfield. What about you? Uh,
0: 100% the same. I, okay. I think, yeah, Will Smith... It, has been
1: courting Oscar for a while yeah. now. Uh, he wants it. He really wants it. Just It's okay. It it's him. okay to want it. So you you put in the work. Yeah, mm-hmm. why not? It's fine, but like, yeah. Good oh. for him if he wins. Yeah. Good for him if he wins. Yeah, Andrew yeah. Garfield will be back. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch will probably be back. Yeah, like they're yeah. very very talented actors. Um, but I, I definitely would have voted for Tick, Tick, yeah. Boom. But Javier I, Bardem's already got one, so who cares? Denzel Washington's got two. He's fine. Well,
0: also, Javier Bardem wasn't really great as Desi. Uh, he's
1: spectacularly bad as Desi, if yeah. you ask me. He's good as Javier Bardem in that movie, mm-hmm. but he's not playing Desi Arnaz in any meaningful way.
0: One of the conceits of that movie is that uh, Lucy and Desi were just sexual dynamos. Yeah. They couldn't keep their hands off of each other. And you, you look at Nicole Kidman with you know the the. Bad makeup they put on her, yeah. and Javier Bardem is like trying desperately to stay in character. It's like t- it's like two stalactites next to each other. They have that much work. warmth it, together. It
1: none of it works. Yeah. It's, it's such a bad film. Anyway, it
0: really is bad. But our, Andrew Garfield, <laughs> however, yeah. Uh, first of all, Tick Tick Boom was one of my favorite movies of the year. So I, I, up there for I really me too. I love kind that movie. Of have to lean into just my adoration of the film in general. But yeah. I think yeah, he he plays this wonderful part of the nineties Bohemian just mm. incredibly well.
1: All right, next up, uh, we have the Academy Award for Best Director. The nominees are Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Paul Thomas... An- oh, these are out of order, okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, it's uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, okay. Paul Thomas Anderson for Relation Pizza, Jane Campion for uh, Power of the Dog, and Steven Spielberg
1: for West Side Story. Yeah, th- my list... I was going to go alphabetical by name, but this, was by, oh, uh, right. this is by title. and got me mixed up. Um These are all very well-directed films except for Licorice Pizza.
0: Licorice Pizza... You and I have whinged about Licorice Pizza plenty. Uh, Yeah, it's... It's not well edited. It's mm. not really well put together. It's... Uh, Romanticizes
1: terrific. weird yeah, it's things. Terrific as a
0: nostalgia piece and that's it. And yeah, it's a it's it's good just, sense of
1: place. If yeah. this was nominated for Best Production Design, I might even vote for it. Mm. Like, it's really kind of impeccable about like recreating no more, yeah, a, yeah, a k- lot of... The KMET a, yeah.
0: billboards yeah. and, like, the kind of storefronts you'd see if in the this background. Had been, if this
1: had really... nominated Bradley Cooper for Best Supporting Actor, I might have voted for it because he's got a, his bit is the best part in the film. <laughs> it's the best part, and it's also
0: the part I feel like needs to be removed the most. It's, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't belong in the film, but it's the only part I liked. <laughs> <laughs> so how sad is that? The best so The best part is the one that doesn't fit in the rest I of the know, film. I know, it's so weird. Um, and, and I also think a lot of Chaim is, is a star. I think oh, she, yeah. she's got like a future
1: ahead. And, and what's, the, what's the name of uh, uh, Hoffman's, uh film Hoffman's son? Cooper Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman. Yeah. He's very good too. Haim is, is is more of a breakout. But they're both very, very talented. Everyone in the movie is doing their mm-hmm. job. Uh, it's just, it meanders. Some of the humor is racist and falls horribly flat. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need, it, there's nothing about the movie that necessitates it being there. So mm-hmm. putting it in, in the first place just is suspect. Uh, the function, the fundamental relationship, they never properly address how creepy it is. And they ultimately end up romanticizing it in a way that just feels yeah,
0: when, gross. Like I, well, I, when I, I'm
1: mad at the movie for ending the way it ends. It. <sighs> For a while, it seemed like it was going to be
0: about not a, a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but just this bizarre relationship between a teenage yeah. boy and this twenty-five-year-old who is both feeling a little bit adrift at the same time and yeah. just sort of floated into each but other's she, orbits. She,
1: she's she, she's sort of enraptured by his zeal for life. Mm. And he just basically has a crush on her yeah. and they end up around each other a lot. And then the movie just takes that into bad places that don't uh, feel justified by the characters mm -hmm. or the story or the themes. And ultimately it makes the whole film like film feel like a weird fetish object. Yeah, Like he's fetishizing the era. He's fetishizing the characters and none of it actually connects to anything. I think it's a bad directing job.
0: Uh, Yeah. uh, my wife watched this for the first time last night yeah. she's catching up on the Oscar films and uh, she also disliked it and uh, she pointed out something to me which actually sheds a lot of light on licorice pizza what's that uh, Alana Hyams' mother hmm. used to tutor Paul Thomas Anderson yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> A lot think, going on there. Think about that for a second. A lot going on and there. And then he makes a movie about a young me- a teenager uh-huh. who has a crush on a hiem. <laughs> yep. It's a oh. weird film. Do you think a lot of hiem really put that together that you're just making a movie about your crush on my mom? I don't know.
1: It's bizarre. Anyway, uh, but the, but the, this is a good, otherwise it's a good crop of nominees. Uh, it, I don't think it's Kenneth Branagh's best directing job, but Belfast is a very well-directed mm-hmm. film. Uh, Power of the Dog is, I think, very impeccably crafted. Drive My Car is very impeccably crafted. West Side Story, I couldn't in good conscience like vote for it just because I think Spielberg made a huge mistake in casting Ansel Elgort. Yeah. I think if he had cast almost anyone else who could sing and dance in that movie, you might have had... A stronger film yeah. but ultimately he's spielberg he has some say over that i'm sure studios were like hey this elgort guy is big can we get elgort and mm. um, but it's still his call yeah and i think he made a mistake and i think that brings an otherwise five-star movie down a bit so i can't give him a good conscience um but for me it's between um uh drive my car and power of the dog in terms of who should win yeah I'm going to give it to Jane Campion in terms of who should win. Uh, I think that Drive, uh, uh, Power of the Dog is just impeccably crafted. Mm. I think every single decision in that movie we, feels we need well to, decided.
0: We, we both need to stop using the word impeccable.
2: It's, and <laughs> we use it a lot? Yeah, but it's but it, it, we're talking take about take really good movies here yeah. for the
1: most part. And so oh. th- I think every single about, thing about mm. Power of the Dog feels like it was especially chosen by a storyteller who understood every single aspect of the filmmaking and how they would all be used in unison to tell and support the same story. Yeah. And that's the job of a director. And I think Jane Campion nailed every single part of it. Yeah, I, I,
0: Jane Campion had a, a, a pretty momentous task with yeah. something like the power of the dog, because everything is told very subtly. The story doesn't really come together until the end. And you realize mm. that everything had been put down deliberately up until that point when it mm. feels really meandering up until then. I uh, I I've, I've talked to a few people who turned the movie off halfway through. Wow, that's dull. The thing's
1: going on. I'm worried about that, you know, sort Wait. of hurting it. Yeah. 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 I, but I think It uh, rewards patience, yeah. And it, but in a way I find it captivating. I don't absolutely. understand it at all. I, I, like I really, really I really
0: was completely enraptured. Yeah. Uh and and wrapped it, wrapped up, whatever. Yeah. A word like that. Uh Drive My Car is uh just re- I've only seen one other Ruseke, uh Hamaguchi film, and yeah. it was called uh, Happy Hour. Both of them are incredibly long. Happy Hour is about five hours. Uh, drive My Car is about three. Mm. Uh, taking the Time to explore every single corner of those characters yeah. and all of the conversations they have it's wonderful that I a know. huge part of the movie is devoted just to a theatrical production uh, is, yeah. is a really brilliant choice it
1: feels like a quiet like intimate tiny little movie but it's actually rich and densely cinematic yeah, yeah. um it doesn't call a lot of attention to itself in that regard but it's mm-hmm. there and i think that's yeah. really important to, to recognize and award mm-hmm. uh you said that um Kenneth Branagh's directed better films.
0: Well, he directed Hamlet. He's, yeah. I, I don't think he's ever really going to surpass that. Uh, maybe, but not. maybe he will. Maybe uh, he'll impress us. I, I think what to do
1: about nothing is arguably a better film as well. I, but, yeah. I
0: think what we need to acknowledge about Belfast, it was his canny ability to keep the camera at kid level. Yeah, that was smart. Uh, he, he uh, the camera is really down. It's sort of over from the kid's perspective he was able, even I think they're like the tripods are even shorter in that mm-hmm. movie. Like he was able to keep it down where the kids are living.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's uh, a gimmick. It's, I don't think I've ever seen that from before E.T., but Spielberg mm-hmm. used that in E.T. to great effect. Oh, yeah.
0: uh, I mean, if you want to get uh, technical about it, uh, Osu. Didn't. well okay uh, you know
1: uh, what you're right i don't think of that necessarily from a kid perspective but you're right oh, ozu yeah. did that too. Ozu, right. ozu
0: put the camera low because he wanted yeah. to like give you the experience of just sort of sitting in the room with everybody you're
1: right yeah. i that i was thinking of the western canon you're 100 right. Right. right that's right. ozu's thing you're 100 right uh
0: yeah uh licorice pizza no 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 no, no. no. We, we've we've complained a lot um steven spielberg He's made plenty of bad movies but he's yeah. always he's always kind of bringing his game I think even when yeah. he's making sort of action pictures he's not interested in stuff mm. like Ready Player 1 or mm. uh, I think 2 Crystal uh, Skull Crystal Skull I I would argue Tintin as well uh, I like he, it more than you, but fair enough. I think in those movies he's like far more interested in sort of exploring technicals, yeah. Great. Than he is about sort of getting into the world. Of, yeah, especially um, of Tintin. I
1: feel that's a good argument for yeah, that one. Yeah.
0: T- Tintin is more of like a, a demo reel <laughs> yeah. than,
1: than a feature film. Tim playing with a new tech, I and mean, I think he does a yeah. good job with it.
0: Yeah, he's he's clearly having a lot of fun, but it, it's not yeah. as much fun to watch as he's clearly. Having it's also kind of fun it. that in
1: that movie he was his own camera operator because they were able to do it all digitally, so he was mm-hmm. actually operating the camera the whole film. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, kind the, of fun. The, the, the quote camera, but there, know, but it was. But it's it was, an animated it was film. but it was, it was motion capture. No, so he was mean. choosing what angles he was going to use on the set that day. It yeah, was cool. Yeah. It works, uh,
0: and and I think he does an excellent job in West Side Story. I I think. Spielberg post minority report is a way more interesting filmmaker than Spielberg pre minority report. I feel like that was, I, I think AI was the turning
2: point for I th- him. I
1: think his first few features where mm. he was finding his voice were a lot more exciting than that period in the eighties and the nineties where he was a bit more of an established hit machine. Mm. Uh, but I would argue like that earlier with like jaws and close encounters mm. and even 1941, he's trying interesting yeah. things, you know, and and I, I love Raiders of the Lost Ark, I'm not yeah. going
0: to impugn it, but I I feel like once he's getting around to stuff like Munich and Lincoln and making yeah. a lot more, uh, uh, and The Post. He's making more despise. bold
1: choices, yeah, I think, I mean, and storytelling choices and just also the material he wants to. try. I mean, the Terminal is a bold choice. It's a great movie. He He's he's
0: matured as a person as well as a filmmaker, so he's telling much more sophisticated stories. I think West Side Story, you might accuse him of pl- making a nostalgia piece like Paul Thomas Anderson, because it's a film that's been made before. It's a remake, yeah. He, but he's also just staging a musical yeah. really fucking well. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> who who Again, cares every, if we've seen it before? It's an amazing revival. If it
1: wasn't for that main casting, I'd be voting for it because right. uh, it's really spectacularly well put together. Who,
0: who will win and who should win and who I would vote for is Jane Campion. Okay, that that is uh, a really sophisticated film, The Power yeah. of the Dog, and I think she really uh, understands how to tell that kind of a story. Mm. Uh, to, to use that analogy that's often bandied about.
1: Um, she she said something kind of stupid, I think it was at the DGA Awards in her uh, speech, where... She tried to equate her work and her career to Venus and Serena Williams and it went over really, really badly. <laughs> yeah. And and she apologized for it like the next day yeah. and she should have. That was smart. But uh, she, it was smart, it was and also the right thing to do because she said something stupid. She, but she,
0: she said something stupid. I understand what she was mm. getting at. She just said it in a really dumb way. But um, even
1: even if that did hurt because I think voting wasn't done by then, even it, there there really isn't anywhere for those votes to go. Mm-hmm. I really don't think anyone else has like has like if if Coda had been nominated, maybe. Uh-huh. But it, maybe it would have had a major impact. But I don't. I think she's still going to win this. Um, okay, and then last but not least, actually, definitely not yeah, least because it's the top and, number one award, uh, the Academy Award for Best Picture. There are ten nominees this year, and they are, Belfast,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Coda, Don't Look Up for some reason, <laughs> Drives My Car, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to editorialize, mm-hmm. uh, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, mm-hmm. Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog. And West Side Story. Uh, not a lot of my fil- the films that ended up on my best films of the year list are on here. Oh. But this is still, a- even with films that I'm not a huge fan of, like I think Dune is un- overrated. Mm. I think it's a lot of good technical elements, but I think it's frustratingly literal and ultimately underwhelming as a story. Uh, Licorice Pizza, again, great atmosphere. Not a good story. Don't Look Up, I think it's the same joke over and over again. And now it says it's welcome. But even setting all that aside, this is a wide variety of films. Yeah. Wait. This is a completely different, every one of these films is a different film. These aren't like two mm. of the same. It's not like when Thin Red Live and Saving Private Ryan mm. and Life is Beautiful were all nominated. It's so oh, it's three World War II movies and then two movies about Queen Elizabeth. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, this is a, an interesting crop. Yeah. Uh, and this is also worth noting that the uh, whereas every other uh, uh, award at the Academy Awards is based off of a simple yes-no vote. You vote for one film and that's it.
2: Mm.
1: Best Picture is a preferential ballot. And what that means is you don't just submit the film you want to win. You actually rank all the films. And they go for whichever film has the most support. So if a, if a certain movie gets enough number one votes to just win it outright... It wins. If no movie gets enough votes to like dominate uh, the percentages, then they start looking at what everyone's number two was. Then they start looking at everyone's number three is. And as a result, you're going to see probably the winner is going to be the film that has the most support overall, as opposed to something that is able to split votes. Yeah, so, so it's, it's, c- it's this is
0: why Coda has a legit shot, of a getting real in legit yeah. shot,
1: and while most of these films I think do not, yeah. I, I think as nice as uh, Belfast and Don't Look Up, arguably uh, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley uh, are, I don't think they have a chance in hell. No. Uh, I think Drive My Car is a real fucking long shot, and I don't think it's going to make it. Uh, I think West Side Story. Could in a million years do it
2: <laughs> All right.
1: It's definitely got like a certain Last swell of support mm. But I think that's a real real long shot uh, What we're looking at essentially here Is a two way race between The Power of the Dog and Coda And those are two films that In some respects could not be more different The Power of the Dog is very measured uh, it's, it's very emotionally reserved It's very intellectual filmmaking And Coda is very intimate Very emotional uh, And in terms of the way that it conveys its narrative um, almost sappy, and I don't mean that in a in a negative way it's just it's just very. People have compared it to just a family film, and it has a lot of those It's a elements. film about
0: a family. It is about warmth and acceptance. Yeah, it's that's a, fine. There's and... nothing
1: wrong with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like, I've heard people say, like, "Oh, it's like a Disney family well, film," and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, but a really good one. Like, it's about like a girl well, who like also goes, there's like like reality and edge to
0: it. Yeah. on like a Disney film. No, no, I
1: think I think Code has an excellent film. There are things you know, about I, it that ring untrue to me because yeah. I know them well, which is again all the choir stuff doesn't really connect mm. to me very well because I see this teacher actually not being a very good teacher Uh, but uh, that's me Uh, but the performances are excellent it's incredibly emotional Uh, even when the story itself feels a little arch uh, the intimacy and the accuracy of this family unit and how absolutely at home they are with each other they feel like an incredibly real family
2: Mm.
1: makes even the most obvious of plot points in that movie feel realistic yeah. And that's really hard to pull off. And I think if it were in any way closer in tone to the power of the dog, power of the dog would have this in a runaway. Oh. But they're so different that some people are gonna go for Coda, some people are gonna go for Power of the Dog, and this is a coin flip. Hmm. It really, really is. Uh what are you what are you what would you vote for and what do you think is gonna win? Uh
0: I think I think the Power of the Dog is gonna win. Okay. Um, I would vote for Drive My Car because <laughs> I love that movie. I think yeah. it's great. I think it's got every it, everything I want in a movie: good slow pace, yeah. uh, repressed emotions, interesting sexual <laughs> dynamics, theater, yeah, twenty solid minutes of Chekhov references. <laughs> injected into my veins yeah, yeah. I, I really love driving my car so um that's the one i would vote for just because... it felt like
1: Drive my car is ever won best picture i don't think we've ever had anything no, that really. artsy everyone's like oh parasite like nuts compared to drive my car parasite is a marvel blockbuster <laughs> yeah, no, the,
0: a... parasite's a very earthy masculine testicular kind of movie there's I know. a lot of violence in it it's like,
1: like My car is, I, is I quiet really... and, and reads it's quiet and sits in the corner of the classroom and reads poetry yeah it's reading no, a book yeah like, <laughs>
0: Pay no attention to Drive My Heart. He's... Drive My Car. He's reading Baudelaire. Uh, Yeah. In fact, uh, I I know this is an unpopular opinion. One of my issues with Parasite is in Mm. fact... the final act
2: yeah
1: I,
0: I like I like it just being the sort of like slow burn of this like family that's mm-hmm. insidiously moved in when it turns into sort of like there's a big it, twist a bit more like,
1: of a conventional thriller in some yeah, regard like there's, there's thriller not, not conventional there's but more thriller elements yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I don't.
0: I like the thriller elements a lot less yeah. uh, than a lot of everything that happened at the start when it sort yeah. of explodes into violence that's like you, you, I see you, your point you, you couldn't be clever you had to do the violent end I
1: still think it's clever but I do think it, it may be in an effort to escalate in the third act they maybe have oversold it a smidge yeah,
0: i, I that, that's my only issue. It's not
1: a that's huge fair. issue. I think
2: no. the movie's still good. I, I
1: still, I still think yeah, it it yeah. deserves that award. Um, I,
0: I would only be mad. The only eh. films that I really don't want to win Best Picture are Licorice Pizza and Nightmare Alley. Uh, yeah, because I Licorice Pizza I find to be insufferable, and Nightmare yeah. Alley is is. A painfully below-average film. Okay, uh, I don't find it to be exciting or emotionally engaging. Mm-hmm. I think it's bloated and over-designed. Yeah, I think the story is not very well told. The only thing I really like about it is Bradley Cooper. Oh, uh,
1: interesting. There's a moment. Actually, I think he's miscast, but okay.
0: Well, there's a, there's a mo- I think uh, there's a. He's too
1: old for it. I think that's one of the problems. He's, a he's supposed too to be old more of an ingenue it. kind of guy, like like uh, a, y- a young naive guy who everyone thinks is just like this like cool amateur, yeah. but he's actually you know manipulating everyone behind yeah. the scenes. I,
0: I think. Well, I think he's well cast in that part of this is that he's already supposed to be burnt out a little bit and mm. I think Bradley Cooper is good at selling that it's a wonderful moment where he's about to take a drink for the first time mm. he's been like dry for years yeah. he's a recovering alcoholic and uh, Cate Blanchett tempts him, to, tempts him to drink and he does it
1: yeah
0: it's a good moment of acting for, yeah. from Bradley Cooper but I don't like Nightmare Alley. I actually don't like when Guillermo del Toro is just doing his genre exercises, right. uh, where he's just sort of exploring style. Because he has, he has nothing to say other than this style is fun. And, mm. and your mileage is going to vary how much yeah. you like his style, and I'm not always on board. That's uh, fair. So, yeah, if Nightmare Alley won Best Picture, I would be a little bit miffed. I, same with Licorice Pizza. Yeah. I, even if Don't Look Up wins... <laughs> Okay. Uh, look, look, I'm on. I, I will. I've defended the film to a degree. I don't yeah, think I it's great. I know. I I understand why it's getting award nominations. Uh, mm-hmm. I I agree with you that it it's too long. It kind of repeats a lot of its same points over and over again. It is about two hours in length when it mm-hmm. could have been about ninety. Or, or it, I think it would have worked best as a short, frankly. Mm-hmm. But I I still think that's a it's think, a fine joke to
1: tell. I and, think my problem with that movie is in addition to just. A only having one bit of shtick and then doing it over and over again for I think it's over two hours. Um, it's a film that looks down on its audience, and I think that's just exhausting after a while. Mm. Uh, I feel like we're just being condescended to, I, and I, I think I, that's I, don't a, I, I realize that's the point, but I think you, you doing that for that long mm. just becomes you want to reject it. You want to fight not, it. Not you, me. I I yeah. I, I well, agree with the points I, they're taking. I agree I, with the I points they're taking uh, too, but I think they're still being jerks about it. Well, um, I, I don't I don't mind it when a film is bitter and I don't mind being implicated as an audience member. I don't mind being implicated as long as there's like I hate the film's attitude that, well, there's nothing we can do now. All I can do is make fun of you. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. that's that's just immature. I just don't find that very interesting to me. I don't, think, I don't find that interesting. I find that just, right. just childish. But anyway, um, for me, you know, that's interesting tact. The things I would be mad at if they wanted to be mad if Licorice Pizza won, it's not going to. I would be mad isn't the right word, but a little disappointed if Dune won. I just think it's, again, a frustratingly literal adaptation. yeah. yeah. Um, and other than that, I mean, like, I'd be surprised if Belfast or King Richard won, just because they're not necessarily as interesting as some of the other films. Mm-hmm. But they're well-made films. Yeah. It's hard to be mad at them. I, I like Belfast a lot. It's King, good. King, King, Rich, King, Richard King Richard is, is very good. It, it's, it's a very good film. It's it, not amazing, but it's a very good it's, film. It's a great
0: vessel for carrying Oscars yeah. to Will Smith. <laughs> uh,
1: for me, it's interesting because. What I would vote for, there's two answers to this. There's what I would vote for if I was going based off of pure quality, and what I would vote for based on I know what's got momentum and I want my vote to matter.
2: Hmm.
1: Because if I were voting for based on pure quality, I'd be voting for Drive My Car. Okay. I think Drive My Car is an excellent film. I haven't had a chance to really celebrate it much in this episode because I think it's maybe not the best film nominated in some of its categories, uh, but it's a divine motion picture. Uh, however, I don't think it has a chance in hell of winning. And I think it would be more wise to throw my vote behind the film that I would vote for second, which is The Power of the Dog, which has a better chance of winning. Yeah. And I would want it to win because I think it is a glorious piece of filmmaking. What I think will win is Coda. You think Coda's going to win? I think Coda's going to, I think people have been looking for something uplifting and i think uh after a couple of downer best pictures in a row i think uh we're we're running into an incident where it's kind of like when green book won Mm. now that's not to say the code is as bad as green book i think green book is a a, a huge whiff of a movie Uh um but uh i think there's something just it's a very pleasing motion picture It's a film that makes you feel good about yourself and it feels like it earns it. And it actually Mm -hmm. has distinct points of view and interesting characters we haven't seen on camera before. There's a lot to recommend it. I don't think it's the most exciting filmmaking. I don't think it's the deepest film that we've got. I think there are actually distinct flaws in that film, which I can't really get into without getting into spoiler territory. Uh, But I think it's quite, it's quite, it's quite lovely. Mm. And I think people liked that. And I think when you're looking at a whole bunch of films, which are pretty severe,
2: <laughs> you know, like when you think about it, don't
1: look Belfast up is it, don't is look very up. gentle. Hang well. on, don't look up. Belfast is pretty gentle, but I also just think yeah. it's not it doesn't have a lot of support. Don't look up is pretty bitter. Yeah. Like
0: my car is, is, is very very complex. It's very uh,
1: complex, uh, but very melancholy. Uh, d- Dune is Dune is are a very severe manner. Yep. Yeah. Licorice Pizza has some really ugly things to say about the 1970s. Nightmare Alley is bitter as hell. Mm. The power of the dog is bitter as the hell. West Side Story is a tragedy. Yeah. Uh Coda is nice.
0: <laughs> Coda is sweet. And you think we're in the mood for something? Nice this I game.
1: think uh, I, th- I think. Well again look, look at something like uh, when Saving Private Ryan Was nominated and everyone thought Saving Private Ryan was a shoe in But it was Saving Private Ryan The Thin Red Line, mm-hmm. Life is Beautiful And Elizabeth, four very severe Motion pictures
2: And, and the Experian Love won yeah.
1: It's the one that sort of stands out from the pack in a way So I think Coda It's got support from a lot of different uh, uh, Branches of the, the academy um, It's far from my pick For the best film uh, nominated But I think it's going to win uh, and uh, yeah, that is it. That's it. That's it those for, are, our, for our best are, picture our,
0: uh, uh, predictions. Our predictions. Yeah, we're yeah. we're not doing a, a fun uh, fun no. bet this year. No,
1: we're it's f- just it's just it's just, uh, just a just a gentle person's hmm. wager, handshake agreement, if you will. Yeah, may may the slightly better person win because let's be honest here, we picked a lot of the same things. We
0: did, but we yeah. split on more than I thought we were going. to Yeah, we uh, split
1: on uh, best actress. Hmm. We split on best picture. Uh, we spit on we spit uh. I, I spit we spit on pizza <laughs> well we do actually um but in any case um we're gonna watch the academy Awards this weekend and uh, we're going to keep an eye on uh how everyone did and uh obviously when all is said and done uh we will probably in, the, in an in episode of critically acclaimed do a uh, uh sort of a post-mortem on right, how it went yeah. talk about someone were, were there any surprises whatever all that kind of stuff we'll talk about all that mm. um but in any case we hope you enjoy the academy awards um they're trying to make it difficult to enjoy the academy awards because they're doing a lot of really stupid things uh <laughs> but uh, w- uh, i will probably watch it anyway i will certainly try and uh, we'll just see how it goes in any case uh, thank everybody for listening uh we'll be back with more shows obviously Stick around. We have a whole channel. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network if you want a lot of exclusive shows, including our show Only the Best, where we're reviewing every single film ever nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I believe we're entering 1947. Mm. 1946, 1947 are we entering right now? Uh, one of those. Yeah, one of those. Uh, we're about to do, I think, the 20th Annual Academy Awards, uh, which had an incredible Best Picture lineup, which included uh, uh, Lawrence Olivier's Henry V, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life, William Wyler's The Best Years of Our Lives, also The Razor's Edge, and The Yearling. That's a pretty damn good crop of films. Um, So we got that up as well. Uh, We also, if you want to talk about anything we discussed in this episode or you want to talk about after you watch the Oscars, you want to write in about it, our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. We we might read your email in an upcoming episode of We've Got Mail. Uh, We also have a snail mail account for those who prefer such a thing. Whitney?
0: Yeah, send us an actual physical letter. Uh... Uh, critically Acclaimed Network, PO Box six four one five six five, Los Angeles, California nine double
1: o six four. Woo! Uh, and of course, on Twitter at CriticAcclaim. Acclaim. I am at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. I have another podcast I'd like to plug. Don't forget um, to play it. Uh, uh, I
0: this might be uh, might well be the last episode of All About Ovid. Uh, oh my my. Uh, my Co-host and creator of the show and runner of the Screen's Margins, mm-hmm. B. Peterson, is uh, going to take care of some personal stuff. So yeah, on getting, a sabbatical, on on a sabbatical for uh, the foreseeable future. So we, we didn't want to schedule anything or you know, promise anything. So f- as uh, f- effectively, the the show is at an end. Uh, we mm-hmm. did uh, twenty five episodes. It's mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, uh, the show is the
1: show. By the way, is dedicated the is, to the films on the streaming service. Ovid, yeah, Ovid, and uh, which, on, if you like, drive my car. If Mm -hmm. you're like the person who's like, oh, I want to drive my car to win all of these things, Mm -hmm. you should know about Ovid.
0: You should know about Ovid because they have other Ryusuke Hamaguchi movies on there. Yeah, as well Uh, as as a lot of other... That's where I saw Happy Happy Hour
1: was Uh, on Ovid. And a lot of... They focus on art house, mostly international cinema. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's basically the streaming service for people who think Criterion is too mainstream.
0: (laughs) It's, yeah, the, the deep cut art house stuff that was only playing for like three days at the museum in your town. Uh, all all those movies are now collected on Ovid. And it's it's just a really good uh collection. Uh B. Peterson and I have been watching things on Ovid and just talking about what we see. Uh we've had a really a, f- a few interesting episodes where we've discovered some really wonderful works of art. Uh, we got to have a wonderful two-part episode where we had a conversation with the experimental documentarian Lynn Sachs. I'm
1: so jealous uh, of
0: you for that. That, that was, sounds amazing. And, and B arranged all of that. So, so, uh, so go go that's, to her. That's She's awesome. wonderful. Uh and uh our on our last episode we we discussed. The documentary, uh, or the uh, animated short films oh, know, yeah. for Oscars, as well as a little miniature channel they have on Ovid devoted to Academy Award winning animated short films.
1: Oh, that's really cool. I didn't the know years. they had that. That's awesome. That's,
0: it's I, I think they only have like seven in the channel, but Still. that's seven Oscar winning short films that you can yeah. watch. Uh, films like The Sandcastle mm. and uh, Bob's Birthday, if you remember that one from the 90s. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. It's uh, the, the dentist who's having a midlife crisis.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's great! Don't forget all about Ovid. is spelled with all O's: O L L O B O U T O V I D. And uh, yeah, be sure to check out the whole back catalog. There's a ton of uh, really great recommendations in there. So thanks again uh, to B Peterson for putting together that show. And we hope you have you, you we hope you have a wonderful sabbatical. We hope you get everything that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I also have a side hustle. I have a soap store that I run with my partner M Lopez da Silva, uh, and it's called Salt Cat Soap, all one word salt cat soap it is on uh twitter and facebook and instagram at salt cat soap it's an etsy store uh wherein uh we make and sell designer soaps we design uh soaps we have new designs every single month uh they smell amazing they look really really amazing they make great gifts uh they're for a variety of different styles and occasions there are some that are for uh, shavings we have a line of lotion we have bath salts available as well not the drugs the actual bath salts uh We've had a lot of really wonderful feedback. The reviews have been excellent. Thank you to everybody who's already bought some. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a gift for, you know, Easter, Mother's Day, anything else coming up, or you just want some soap, head on over to Salt Cat Soap. The links are on all of the social media pages, or you can just search for Salt Cat Soap on Etsy. Mm. So thank you again for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back with all of our regular scheduled programming real, real soon. Thank you again for listening. We hope you have fun watching the Oscars, and we would like to thank the Academy but we can't because they're making really stupid decisions this year and we don't agree with them. (laughs) But we hope we have fun anyway. I want to go
2: to the Midnight Show. I'm sorry, what?